from the creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. It's week of Friday, June 2nd, 2017. It's hard to choose. And this is the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And this week's show is brought to you by two sponsors that'll come up later. Yeah, we Nobody don't. wanted to be up in the front. It's too big of a surprise. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Hack Hoffel. Presented by me. Nice Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother Chandler Strang. Hello. Ooh, we're in the vintage magic shirt. I like it. Oh, yeah. The fine line between vintage and just an old shirt. <laughs> fine line. I think it's walking, it, walking that tightrope yeah, every day. I, yeah, yeah. Over there on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And if you've been listening along for our little summer fiesta, each week we have a a guest cast member join us for the whole show. I've loved it. We've had celebrities, comedians, yeah. rappers. Yeah, we've had so many people. And this week, yeah. joining us from New York, New York, the city's so nice, I named it twice, <laughs> our friend, celebrity photographer, Andy Barron. Hello, everyone. Oh, Andy. I'm, oh. I'm neither celebrity nor rapper nor <laughs> musician, so I'm none of those Andy, didn't I see you on an Apple thing, like an Apple commercial? What? You actually yeah. did see me on an Apple commercial. Yeah, I did. What? Yeah, can you tell me about that? Because I wasn't quite sure what I was watching, but I'm Are like... Are you endorsed now? I'm like, I know that, I'm man. not. I mean, that'd be awesome, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My buddy, Ray, um, he's an amazing photographer. Ray Spears are on Instagram. He's Ray Neutron. Shout out to uh, Ray Neutron. Shout out, Ray Neutron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he got featured in a uh, spot for Apple. Um, they're doing stuff about, like, classes that they're having in store and so they uh asked him if it's like some of his friends wanted to be in it and i was like yeah i'll go help out my buddy ray and go sit and be in an apple commercial so yeah so it was like a saturday i just went and wandered around brooklyn probably things i would have done anyway let me ask you let me ask you about that so so on your days off because you travel you, you you're on the road with chris stapleton a, yep. a lot of artists foster the people and others uh on your days off you just wander around brooklyn yeah, that seems cool. Do you have a home, or are you just aimlessly wandering, <laughs> looking for shelter that evening? <laughs> he shacks up at the Apple Store. Yeah, he joins these uh, just the things that the classes they do at the Apple Store, and he just squats. Right, he just stays yeah. there all night. They say well, he did. They, they have plugs there to charge my phone and stuff, so <laughs> I figured. His wife Roxy's like, "Hey, um." Chris hasn't been on tour for the last week. Where have you been? Just wandering hey, around Brooklyn. Hey, Andy, like, I have a question. Are you recording from an Apple store right now? <laughs> are you just using are you using one of their sample computers at this very moment? Yeah, I have I have one of the uh, the iPads and I'm just drawing like random pictures that are going to be erased immediately and then I'm charging my phone and recording this while getting my screen replaced from the genius. So. And I have a little hibachi grill that they don't seem too pleased about. But uh, I've got some sausages cooking. Anyone's welcome to one. Except for the three in the middle. Those are all mine. Come over I, haven't e- I haven't eaten in days. It's right at, the, right at the genius bar. There's just a whole little Andy's little Mai Tai area. Hey, hey listen, guys. I uh, just want to ask real quick if you mind opening some windows in here. From experience, the carbon monoxide can build pretty fast when you're yeah. using a propane tank inside. So yeah. uh, anyway, sausage 
sigils will be up soon, but get some yeah. ventilation going. Seriously, we're all in That's danger. Right. We're oh, my goodness. Uh, actually, speaking of propane tank inside, uh, let me tell you who's coming on the show today. We have a great show. That's I'm a transition. Unrelated. I'm doing, the, I'm doing what's coming up on the show to get it out of the way to get back to the propane tank inside. But let's remember that he said, speaking of propane tank I'm inside. I'm putting a pin right there. Like, yeah. Jesse, I have to talk to you about that. But first, let me right. tell you what's coming up on the show today. Coming up later, local natives joins us. The incredible group, one of my favorite indie rock groups. Yeah. They are actually joining us to walk us through the album and play some of their favorite tracks and stuff. Well, that's I fun. Love, I love that. Yeah, very um, cool. And also coming up uh, later, Jenny Allen. Uh, she's the founder of the If Gathering, the If Movement. Oh, yeah. She has a new book out called Nothing to Prove. Still haven't been invited to speak at If Gathering. Hmm. I'm starting to take it personally. I've attended once and then wasn't oh, asked back. If Gathering's your thing. <laughs> I <attended laughs> was actually asked, please not to come and stay a certain number of feet uh, away from the stadium. If you don't know if gathering, so. it's a, it's a they have it's in Austin every year. It's about three thousand women gather, and then there's there's groups all over the country that watch it live. So it's like it's massive thing. Oh yeah, uh, you know, they invited me to come one year. You know, and, it didn't and, help. And, it's that you wore that swipe right shirt. And oh. I, don't, I don't think they took... Oh, wow, a collective wow. groan, even from Andy. <laughs> My goodness. I, and, and I was, I, I've been to many a, many a women's conference over my life. My oh. mom used to host them, and so I would go to okay. hers. Your mom and used so to host I felt them. right at home. It was great. Yeah. Your and, mom uh, used to host women's conferences? Yeah. Okay. Big, just, ar- big arena events. Wow, just put it in the file. Your whole childhood <laughs> is so fascinating to me. I, yeah. Well, I, there's... Christian events out there. My parents' and your mom company. Hosted yeah, my mom hosted. Yeah, not yeah. host, but like put it on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chandler yeah. played drums at them. A I little eleven-year-old Chandler played drums in the worship band at the big Remens conferences. Yeah. So, make- so Chandler, Chandler basically had the same sort of like uh, uh, upbringing as like a Justin Bieber, like a, a little exactly a young like drumming that. phenom, and, and their lives have gone <laughs> dramatically different directions. Except, except instead of Usher, it was Sandy Patty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make funny of Chandler, but I bet that was really cute, little guy. Yeah. It's a good experience, man. Playing in front of 10,000 people at that age is pretty cool. Wow. And they all just thought he was the best thing. Oh, yeah. I have a little daughter and he was going to get married off. It, it was, Here yeah, he is pushing yeah. 30, yeah. single as could be. Yep. Well, all <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll say this. Never been more single. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jenny Allen founded the If Gathering. Yeah. I haven't been in a few years. She hasn't invited me. I don't know why. Uh, Shauna yeah. and I sat on the back row. Shauna Nequist, uh, you know, she was my anchor. You know, kind of keep... Keep it rooted. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you were fine. We we were all around during that time. I heard a play by play of it. I think I just needed to be near somebody that I knew. That's a definite. Yeah. yeah. So you, I knew Shauna, and I legal, legally up and they wouldn't let, let you go. in by yourself. Right. Yeah. If a guy's there, you need to be a plus one. Yeah, that's right? true. Because right. if you're just buying a ticket alone, <laughs> it's like creep right, that walked in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like the guy that's doing <laughs> the like, dude sitting by himself in the back row of the F gathering. Yeah, we yeah. get it. Yeah. You wearing the swipe right shirt. Right. You minored women's studies. We know. Got it. Anyway, Jimmy he's got his propane grill and he's cooking dinner, trying to get ladies to come over. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for the segue. Here we go. Propane tanks inside. Yes. Uh, I will forever remember Jesse our week in Montana for oh, the fact so that uh, a cold front moved in through the middle mm-hmm. of the week, and we started hanging out in the garage area, mm-hmm. and we were playing poker all late night and stuff like that. But to, to warm the garage area, they brought in the propane heaters, and so. We had like two or three propane heaters going in this little kind of closed off room with yeah. only a slight window crack to ventilate it. And the guys, some of the guys were smoking like cigars and, and right. there's propane. And I mean, it, it dawned on me hours into it that this is probably not healthy. 
Cameron, do you, do you know a moment yeah. that I've been reflecting on from that evening when we had all those tanks going inside was I remember like thinking this probably isn't a great idea, but this is a big room. We'll be fine. And then I remember getting so tired that I could no longer like stay awake. And I was trying to, we we're playing poker and we're, I was trying to cash out my chips and Cameron and I both got in like a debate about a very basic counting problem. Like, are there 26 chips here? And we probably both counted them four times till we came to the conclusion that both of our math was wrong. <laughs> I am now very confident we were suffering the early effects of car- carbon monoxide Dude, Jesse, poisoning. Uh, so we recorded last week's podcast from Montana. So we yeah. recorded it Wednesday morning. Jesse got there late, like mm-hmm. midnight or later. Oh, way later on uh, Monday night. We didn't see him until Tuesday. So when we recorded the show, Jesse only had one day of Montana. Montana under his belt. Yeah. One day of material. We saw yeah. some horses. We got a whole podcast out of it. Right. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Jesse, did anything happen to you? Did you go yeah. under? <laughs> I, I I feel like there's one story that uh, needs to be retold. I was, uh, you know, everyone kind of during the week goes their separate. Dur- well, you know, there's only like some guys will go fishing, some guys will go like shooting guns, and some guys went, will go do other stuff. Right, so motorcycles. I, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I was with a group that kind of ventured out, and we're making our way back down the highway out well, in the middle of Montana. You went and saw Custer's Last Stand. You saw the battlefield and stuff because that's where we were. Little Bighorn is right next to the. Yeah, yeah. River. It was super cool. Super yeah. cool. So anyway, we're making our way back and we're driving down a a highway in the middle of Montana and we see on the horizon what looks like a possibly abandoned fireworks uh, store. I mean, the way it was so decrepit from the outside coming down the highway that you couldn't tell if it's been sitting abandoned for years or if it's open for business. But we decided either way to go uh, check it out. Of course, if you you come across an abandoned fireworks store, you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> knock on the door. You're gonna wander around because maybe they left something behind. Guys, we gotta go. Uh, we gotta go set this place on fire ASAP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. see what's so we walk in. We walk in. There's not a soul in there. And, the, and and just to describe it, it's basically like a big dome. Like a like it's just a dome circular room. And there's literally nobody in there. No one at the cash register. Mm-hmm. No customers. And I'm pretty sure that we walked into a giant booby trap. Either that or they. It's Montana and it's just the honor system them out there like you just grab fireworks and you pay you leave money for what they were but anyway we're walking around from you and this dude walks in from around back who i'm pretty sure was sleeping out there like surprised to see us like oh hey oh oh wow um yeah let me know if you got any questions so anyway i think he was like pretty stoked that people were there because i don't know when the last time this person saw another human being was like i'm pretty sure most of his existence is at this fireworks store so anyway we're walking around and we have some questions about fireworks and he's like well yeah dudes let's go shoot them off right now so he takes us out to the parking lot and we start shooting off fireworks just furthering my theory that this dude this is his entire social life just people that happen to wander into his store up the stock just like yeah yeah let's just set it on fire what do i care yeah, so uh, we, we we make so we we decide what we're going to purchase some pretty as Cameron can attest some like commercial level fireworks yeah so, so we're about to make our purchases and another car pulls into the parking lot. And it's this dude who looks like, looks like almost like a caveman. He looks insane. Uh, and he, he so informs he should, us he all. He should be there. He's the guy that you assumed would be going into the store. 
Yeah, exactly. It was it was like a combination of uh, like a character. It was like someone you'd meet on like Eastbound and Down <laughs> if they had been like you know uh, 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 homeless and literally obsessed with fireworks. So he pulls in Literal. and he informs us all that he has won uh, a, a, a sum of money last night gambling, and that is it his intention to spend it that day at the fireworks store. <laughs> There could be no worse. I mean, it's a fun investment, but talk about like there will never be a return. Never. Like, You're literally burning your burning money. money. Right. Yeah. I mean, at yeah. least by there's nothing tangible. Right. He is literally burning his money. Just You're setting your money on fire. So he he asked the guy just straight up, just straight up. I don't want any of this. I want the illegal stuff. And the guy says, OK, cool. Let's go down to the basement. And he's so, like, I, I am a police officer. No problem. Come on down to yeah. the base. So, so we, so like, we see, we see like this weird kind of like dark stairwell around the corner. And the guys I'm with, I'm with Prop, I'm with a couple other dudes. And they're like, hey, let's just follow him. Let's just go down there. I am surprised that Prop is allowing this to happen. I would feel like Prop's spidey sense would have said, like, hey, hey, hey. You guys are dumb. I'm actually not that dumb. So while, let's turn back. while we are walking down the stairs, one of the guys says, uh, uh, like whispers, he's like, we may never come out of this basement. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're all expecting like a big steel door just to slam behind us. But yeah, we yeah. go down there and there is like, there is an arsenal of explosives. A lot of it looks like homemade. So uh, <laughs> the guy, the guy wants to do some more tests and he's like, you guys want to see some of the illegal stuff. That's not a question you say no to. We're in too deep at this point. If he said, hey, you guys want to go see the bodies at that point, you don't have no is not an option. Yeah, yeah. You're you know going what I mean? to see the bodies. You're, yeah. you, right. Yeah. Right. You, I'm you, you the are now. in the no one's going to find you out there. No one's going to hear you scream. OK, right. yeah. you yeah. are in for whatever they got in store. Yeah. So we go out and he's basically this is not a joke. He's basically throwing concussion grenades into the parking lot. Oh, my sure. goodness. Like, literally, like, the first one that went off, it, like, pushed us back into the wall. Oh, no. <sighs> wow. So the guy who, the guy is, like, getting visibly excited, like, <laughs> like, like a serial killer would, oh, you know, no. like, in, like, a horror movie, like, oh, seen no. it, the guy that came into buy, like, to, to, like, a concerning degree. Like, oh, he no. was, he was getting, like, like, psychopathic, like, his eyes were getting wide, like, he had to what own did, all What did these. he look like? What did he look like? Yeah. He had he was wearing like a, a, an old ragged Metallica shirt, which was pretty awesome. So, like, uh, but it wasn't it? wearing it ironically. It okay. looked like he found it. It looked like he was lying in a gutter somewhere, and he picked it up because I'm pretty sure most of his life is shirtless. Uh, <laughs> he didn't look like. Let me he, just was say, going shopping. To, he was going shopping today, going to so he had, to, he had to find the sh- find. The yeah, shirt. yeah, he had yeah. he had to find. It. it was a shirt day for him. The other thing is, I don't know how to say this nicely, but it didn't look like he concerned all that much about hygiene or taking care of his body in any kind of fitness way well same could uh, be said for you his his age, yeah his age was <laughs> difficult to tell i want to say he was probably in his uh, upper 40s but to be completely honest with you his diet yeah. and, and basic nutritional intake could have put him in his 20s yeah there was a map of the world on his face there's a lot of life in that body <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, I agree <laughs> okay imagine like imagine a pirate that has eaten nothing but carl's jr for like three years that's what he <laughs> <was>. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was strangely dude, perfect. Did he have like slick back long hair? Did and he have a mullet? For sight, dude, you're nailing it. He yeah. had oh, slick he had back to. dark hair, like scraggly face. Like imagine a pirate that He's the- believed that to fight off scurvy, he needed to eat Carl's Jr. for every single meal. That's the guy. He's the guy. He's the cartoon, uh, the comic shop, comic book guy from The Simpsons. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. C- combine him with a pirate, okay. you know? Okay. But do you think that this guy's dad, when he retired from Pfizer and left him a gigantic <laughs> trust fund, knew that his kid would be blowing off a grand worth of fireworks in the parking lot with a podcaster and a rapper? Do you feel like that was his dream? Like, and, this and is the culmination. Maker, right? Well, I was thinking a lot, too. Like, my life, both of our lives have intersected, and for some reason, we both found ourselves in this moment where we're standing out here with a guy who woke up in the back of a fireworks store, right. very excited just to see other human beings, and we're lighting off dangerous homemade explosives. Whatever his past is and whatever mine is, doesn't matter because we're both there at that moment and there's about a 50-50 chance we're going to die right there. Perfect <laughs> perfect setup to a joke. A filmmaker, a podcaster, and a rapper walk into a fireworks right. store. It really <laughs> did, it did take the totality of all of human history to make that moment happen. Yeah. Like well, that that's the other thing. The <laughs> other dudes that were there, the other dudes that were there, I'm just going to say their names. They're not going to care. It was the guy... Uh, um, uh, uh, was someone who, or I'll tell you what they do at least. They, one of them is a film producer who works at a very prestigious university at a very high profile job. The other one is a very well known movie marketer. The other one is a designer for Under Armour. Like, yeah. so if we all die there, this is the weirdest culmination of human <laughs> beings to die in a firework accident <laughs> ever. That's right. And the thing <laughs> is, no one would find our bodies for at least a week. Right. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> they wouldn't even know where to look. All yeah. they do is, hey, they were driving back from the Little Bighorn Museum museum and never seen again that's all oh, people will know oh, i don't yeah. know because again the place look abandoned i'm pretty sure like that's no one no one is i don't think law enforcement i think they know better to go into this place is that jesse i'll just tell you this knowing you i i, I and, and i'm sure the search party would, would you know involve us <laughs> they would we would retrace your steps we would go to little bighorn museum and we would take the the path back toward the lodge yeah and i would see the abandoned fireworks store and i would go there the police officer there. would go no 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 they didn't go no, there no, no, it's you... been closed for years no. trust me i told you they're there you have to think crazy yeah you have to think dangerous no regard for your family no regard for anything go to the empty store go to the empty store Store. Go to the is there back and, and the police officers like listen inter, you know the no you no deputies going near that place you you boys are on your own and there's a good chance it's booby trapped and you guys are gonna die too so I'm <laughs> glad this didn't happen he would never go down the dark stairwell. Go down, Go the, down the dark stairwell. He yeah. absolutely went down there. There's rappers from Jolly Ranchers the whole way down. Jesse Carey has been there. This just sounds like an epi- like an adult Goonies remake it's, sequel. It's exactly it is. A perfectly diverse and always group going on quite an adventure together. So you're in the park. All the kids, all the kids took the money from that they got from when they were kids and found the original treasure have lived these crazy lives. They're now movie producers and rappers and all this stuff. And they come back together for one last hoorah in Montana. Yeah. In Montana. They find an abandoned fireworks store. Well, one, mean, of them's, one of them is going to is getting married. This is kind of like yeah. the hangover kind yes. of last hurrah for yeah, the boys. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Get the and, band back together. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And also Jesse. 
<laughs> so so I so I mean fortunately after setting off those concussion grades grenades we we felt like it was safe to be on our way. That is until the pirate uh, Carl's Jr. guy really felt like it was the right time to start regaling us in his stories. Yes, um, he's been blowing. He's been telling us what happens. He went on. I mean, I I'm going to condense a little bit of this. So you can use your imaginations because most of it's illegal and not appropriate for me to say on the internet. Um, but uh, he 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 puts. These these grenades that he's buying into refrigerators and microwaves mm-hmm. and old old dilapidated vehicles just to see what they do. Like he's blowing up appliances out there, and he was showing us techniques that he uses to throw them over his landlord's home in oh, the middle no. of the night to wake no. him up. No way. Wow. Yeah, and so. Whoa. Anyway, the guy leaves. The guy the guy finally leaves after all these stories. And all of us at this point are legitimately scared that at any moment that psychopath is going to light off one of those in the store and just go down in the blaze of glory that I know he one day will. And <laughs> the guy the guy who woke up in the fireworks store, he goes after after the guy leaves. This is a man Not who the I saw. Or the employee, the guy who woke up in the fireworks store. Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. I don't know what his relationship with the store is. I'm assuming he's an employee. But I home. don't know if he fell asleep back there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a good chance he was just wandering through fields, fell asleep behind the store, and just felt an obligation to serve the customers that wandered in. Well, they're but very either, kind in Montana. They're very helpful, kind people. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a commune, no, you know, Jesse, firework two, commune. Two things: Did you actually end up buying anything? Because it seems like everything you wanted to see, he'd just light off in the. Yeah, oh yeah, we bought it. something. You're not again. I didn't feel safe not buying something at that point. I kind of felt like it was like, okay, you saw the show. Time to pony yeah. up, boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah uh, so, so it was either he was going to get our money. He was going to get our money one way or the other. We decided to take the easy way, not the hard way, Eddie. Yeah. Um, so, so we're about so so we're about to leave. The the, the pirate dude drives off uh, in, in his truck, and the guy working at the fireworks store looks truck. at us. He goes, "Guys, I'm a pretty crazy dude." But he was like motioning the hand motions of that guy. That guy said that he would like hold grenades in both hands and throw them a certain way. He, he's like, I'm not that crazy. That guy's going to die. And I was like, all right, well, have fun. Thanks for the fireworks. See you guys later. I'm never going to report any of this. So anyway, it was quite an adventure. We got some sweet fireworks out of the deal, though. Cameron can attest to that. Right? Yeah, I know. The last night we were there, it was like I was um, I was in town. I was in Fort Smith at yeah. night. And uh, and I was uh, coming back toward the lodge and could see this Disney from a town away. Yeah, yeah. this fireworks display <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, Montana. And I'm like, that's yep, Jesse. That's what's going yeah, on. I didn't even know they went to the fireworks store. I just knew that that was Jesse. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> sure enough, funny. it was. There's gonna yeah. be a PS to this story when Jesse is just sitting through, sitting, sitting in front of his computer, clicking through CNN in like five years, and it's like two Montana men die in grenade battle. Jesse's like, I gotta call the FBI. I, I got a whole story. I know too much. I, I know, know too much. There's a story I never told. I I gotta call him. I uh, out of you know Jesse playing with explosive stuff. I'm actually the one who almost died in Montana. Really? Literally almost died a couple times. Oh, yeah. Was, the mo- yeah. The motorcycle trip. Yeah. it was. We rented cycles, motorcycles in Billings on Wednesday. They were nice. It's like an hour and a half away. Yeah. So, you know, the ride back was epic. And on Wednesday, it was beautiful. It was 80s, sunny. It's fairly flat out there, isn't it? Well, I mean, it's rolling hills and there's mountains. I mean, it's yeah. a reservation area, though, but it's so it's more the open plains and mm-hmm. kind of the where the hills and the buffalo play, that kind of thing, where mm-hmm. it's like you kind of that rolling. And so it was just epic. It was just, Pretty. you know, can, you know, 360 degree views. It yeah. was amazing. And, uh, and then on Thursday, we wake up and then we had to return the bikes back in Billings by about two o'clock. And so we were going to go on a ride up in the mountains. And um, 
and we get up and I, I I'm sleeping in the house, second floor and the house is shaking almost like gone with the wind, you know, or, or, or like <laughs> yeah. Auntie M or, or Wizard of Oz, like, you know, like, <laughs> like you wonder if the house is going to make it and what happened is a cold front was coming in and so the it was 80 all week and then on it was in the 50s on Thursday and in the 40s. And so when a front moves into Montana, it moves in violently and fast. And the wind was insane, like 50, yeah. 60, 80 mile an hour gusts of wind. Wow. And we're trying to wait it out. And and around noon, it's like we had to return the bikes by two. It's an hour and a half out. We got to go. And so we bundled up. I mean, it's frigid. We bundled up and we got to go. And the speed limits in Montana, as Jesse told you last week on the podcast, are 80, even yeah. on the two lane roads and stuff wow. out there. And so cars are wanting to go 80. And 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 we're we're riding, and so you're going, and I'm on a Harley, which I'm it's first time riding a Harley, and first time I've been on these roads, and um, and I'm riding, and and side crosswinds, sixty eighty miles an hour are, are pummeling us. Wow! And and then all of a sudden, like, and I mean, so we're going as best we can. Uh, wind is pushing us into the other lanes and stuff is really awful. And then it started raining, and oh, then wow. the road oh, got incredibly slick, and then the wind is pushing us. And then we had to stop a number of times. We had to go as slow as we could without causing a real problem on the road. Yeah. So we're going like 60 or 70. And then uh, we got on the interstate. We had to go on the interstate 45 minutes. And Yikes. the same thing. And I'm, I'm telling you. Oh, that's like crazy. legit dangerous. Yeah. 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 There, were, there were a number of times I actually, I mean, we, we, were, we were praying serious. I mean, like it was, it was, it was bad. Yeah. It took us like three and a half hours to go back. Oh. It, was, it was really, that's really crazy. bad. And then when we get to Billings around three thirty, four o'clock, uh, uh, the sky opens up and it's so beautiful, and the, and 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 it turns into beautiful weather. Right, um, and that, that's and, that's and, when you want to. do And then it. I'm telling the guy at the dealer like why we were two hours late. Yeah, and he's looking up at the sky like you're liar. You know, yeah. like I'm like you you don't understand. You know, like yeah. I'm drenched, yeah. we're fr- like frostbitten yeah. almost. Yeah. You know, it was it was awful. I really really regretted. I mean, it was just, it was a really horrible situation. Oh, bummer. I'm really glad I made it. I know. Like, yeah. we got back later, and, like, we're all goofing around. Like, talk, we, we had just gone, like, shooting guns, and, like I said, we're, like, throwing the football. Like, it could not be more leisurely of a day. And Cameron literally is still pale as a ghost, like, two hours later, t- telling about how he, he his life flashed before his eyes for three consecutive hours. Like, just straight awful. adrenaline for, for all afternoon. My, my hands were, like, claw because you're you're like literally like white knuckle holding on yeah just try not to fly off the bike because you're getting pushed your body is getting pummeled by wind that's trying to push you off the motorcycle right Uh, it was unbelievable i mean that's scary enough in a car i can't even imagine right oh yeah cars were getting pushed into us because the cars are getting side swiped by the wind right that's mean, like real. Meanwhile, real I'm super chilled out. In all honesty, guys, I, I still had a little buzz going from the leftover carbon monoxide fumes from the propane heater yeah. I was sitting by. So, right. I mean, I was I was pretty uh, mellow at that. Jesse's point, just but. rocking on the front porch, juggling grenades, and just waiting for you to get back. Hey, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. Up. Anybody got an old microwave? Heard a cool trick. Yeah. yeah. But we did. Uh, what was it? Thursday night we went skeet shooting out the back. Yeah. Uh, There's a cliff oh, yeah. like off the back porch, and uh, we were shooting skeet and whatever. Then we ran out of skeet, and they started. Uh, they threw a soda can and yeah. I, and I, and I yeah, exploded the soda can. It was like a fireworks. My own little fireworks. When show. the house was shaking, were the people who owned the house nervous? No, they said they had. They, uh, we asked, like, are we yeah. safe? And he goes, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 the house is okay. I mean, we've lost the roof a couple times. Wow. Oh come on! This is just part of it. Yeah. That same night, I'm staying in a, a like this like bungalow style cabin with prop, and I bungalow wake up New York? early. 
What's that? Did you say buffalo style cabin? Bungalow. Oh, I bungalow. Said buffalo. All so right. I was yeah, like in shaped like a giant buffalo. I was in the house lodge. <laughs> <laughs> we prop and I prop and I gutted a buffalo and slept in there the whole way. It was a giant buffalo. I mean, we were like Empire quite cozy. Yeah. Back style, where yeah. you just cut it open and go inside. Yeah, open it up, prop up the tauntaun, and crawl in. Prop. Exactly. You spoon. Yeah. 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 I mean, my my sleeping bag was buffalo inyards. Uh, <laughs> real cozy, guys. <laughs> not a, not a portion of this animal will go to waste. I'll make sure of that. <laughs> Here's the pillow. This is the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, oh this long is the pillow. Yeah. A, a, a buffalo prop and I poached illegally. No, anyway, uh, but we're staying in like the this uh, bungalow like cabin. And uh, I woke up like, I don't know, like 630 in the morning and the door is wide open to the cabin. <gasps> no way. I swear. I swear. It's wide open and like cold wind is blowing in. I'm like, man, my prop is up early. I thought he was like sitting out on the porch like on the phone or something. And so I go back to sleep and I wake up like an hour later. The door's still open. And I'm like, man, this is so weird. Why would he just leave the door open? He knows I'm in here. I look, prop is fast asleep. <laughs> Either one of two things happen and I'm and I'm pretty confident it's, it's not the wind. Either the wind was so strong that it turned a doorknob and blew the door open like <laughs> prop and i or prop and i were visited that night oh yeah <laughs> there's just like a single grenade sitting in the door in the, like, like in the i think we were followed home and i think that guy slept in the room with us oh absolutely <laughs> there's just, i'm not sure he didn't follow us back to virginia right now no no you just there's a strange the old Montana microwave pirate. sitting outside the door oh, just, no. <laughs> now, now Jesse, don't you don't you have your crazy neighbor that you don't know where he went to oh, or something? Oh, Joe. Yeah, Joe the neighbor. I mean, <laughs> is it possible that he's kind of assumed another life like a no, this is his brother program it's, situation? It's his brother, Jim. Yeah. And yeah. Andy, the, to your point, you can't prove it's not him. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we don't have evidence either way. And I. I go with your theory. Yeah. No, Andy, it's not. It's not possible that he he is off the grid, living a, a secret, a, a, an alternative identity for reasons that will remain unclear to most people. It's absolutely certain that's what happened. The question <laughs> is, did he relocate to Montana? Yeah, this yeah. fine question. Or is he is he just another guy sleeping behind that fireworks stand? Again, I equally as plausible. What, you just uh, happened to be there on the off day. So, so I was in, I was at the main house, yeah. you know, where we all had dinners and things like that. And then there was a series of basically hotel rooms <laughs> as, individual, condos, yeah. as individual <laughs> standalone <laughs> cabins, but it's just a, a hotel room basically, right, you know, right. a, a little two person bunk. What was yeah. it like sharing a room with prop? It was very pleasant. I will say, like, Prop is, like, super into artisan coffee. Like, he's grinding his own beans. He's using, like, weird machines that I don't know how to pronounce, and he, I don't know what they do. He travels with his own, like, Chemex setup, and he yeah. does a hand I, grinder. I've and, heard this and respect yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, t it's no lie, a 10-step process, and he gets, he get like, for me to brew a cup of coffee, it takes the amount of time to press a button on a K-cup machine. <laughs> right, right, For right. him, for him, he's got to get, an, he's got to get it started, like, an hour early to get the cop coffee, right. like, Perfect. That's why the door was open. He had to yeah. like aerate the, the beans uh, with the fresh. <laughs> you gotta, let, you gotta let those things breathe. Yeah. If you, you know? get four minutes of recirculated air right before you press, <laughs> yeah. it, it's almost not worth drinking. Yeah. But but yeah. no lie, I would wake up uh, after after like I had a cup of his coffee. I'm like, prop, this is really good. I, I swear this is true. A couple mornings, I wake up. He's standing over my bed while I'm still sleeping, holding a cup of coffee. Serve me coffee in bed. That's how good of a dude he is. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I would have been like, cool. I want to keep sleeping. Thanks. 
Thank you. No, oh. I mean, I, I, I saw the work he had put in. He was up yeah. most of the night making that single <laughs> half cup of coffee. So it would be extremely rude to... to and like I said, there was probably a ghost in the room too. So yeah. I don't want to anger that by being rude because hey, something opened that door. Hey, <laughs> hey, Prop, thanks so much. It is 4 a.m. Um, do you think maybe we could take a rain check on that? Or, I don't know. If you get the other pot going now, I yeah. think it'll be ready by 8.30. That's a better time. I'm going to try to make it till 8 at least local time. So yeah, so you might... Might want to hurry getting the next pot going because yeah. it is a process. Thanks so much, Propaganda the Rapper. Yeah, he planted coffee beans outside and grew them. <laughs> and then by the end of the week, our first pot Gently. was ready. Well, he wanted to, uh, to truly have a native experience. He wanted to ex- have local beans. And that's so he right. had, they, there weren't any available, so he had to plant his own. I mean, that's just yeah, how exactly. organic he was. And I, right before we went to the airport, we both got about two sips of very delicious coffee. But it was a week-long <laughs> process. Yeah. I would like Prop to have have shown the uh, the fireworks store guy yeah. the full coffee making process just to see if the fireworks <laughs> store guy can even process what's happening in front of him. Like I feel like just two completely different worlds oh, have yeah. collided. Yeah. Not only that, because I feel like the amount of, of, of time Prop puts into one delicious cup of coffee is way more time yeah. than that guy puts into an illegal firework that he made that could blow up a small building. Yeah. Like it's not even close. Like the, the care that Prop took was far more care than that guy took throwing, lighting, or making any of the fireworks in that store. Jesse, when you came back from that week, did you like have any like a different perspective on things? I, I came back honestly grateful for life. I mean, not because of the rest and fun experiences, but literally because I felt like I could have died. And it's like, okay, I literally came back and I started thinking like, okay, if it was all over tomorrow, I want to like, I want to go out with a bang and like, what do I want to give the last part of my life to? And like, really yeah. started to rethink like, Work yeah. and It'll pass. life and that'll all pass. Don't worry. <laughs> oh no, we'll, we'll be I've back. been meeting for the last two days. We're actually making some major changes for 2018. Uh, oh, yeah, it's all. Like, I was like, I want to get off the hamster wheel. I mean, there's things yeah. I want to do. I want to live. I want to be so intentional about this and this and this. I, I, I'm detoxing. I, I mean, it's kind of necessary. All the propane, but you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm just like <laughs> coming back. Like, right. I just like. I just grab life by the horns. You yeah, know what I'm saying? You got a yellow Miata. Like, like, like Jesse's Buffalo house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I grabbed it by the horns, wrestled it, disemboweled it, and slept in it for a week. That's how I feel about life right now. Yeah. Well, well Cameron, let me ask this. When did that, like, like how long was it when you got home that you realized, look, life is fragile. Like, at any moment, one of us could be blown Jesse, off the that night, I played poker until 4.30 in the morning because who knows if I'm going to get another chance to play poker again. Yeah. You know, I'm saying who, like yeah. just, who knows when the propane toxic toxicity in that room is going to reach a lethal level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> seize the day, man. I always yeah. like Carpe Diem movies. I like Field yeah. of Dreams. I like all that mm. stuff. Like just Carpe Diem. Like, yeah, it, it yeah. Reminds, yeah, it reminds me of Chandler's <laughs> favorite song. I hope you dance. Um, that talks about living life to the fullest. <laughs> What's that? Hope you dance, Chandler. Will you play a clip of your favorite song? It's a classic, man. Still got it. When Cameron was flying down a Montana highway, <laughs> inches from death, this was blasting in his helmet. Because he knew if he went down, this is what he wanted to play. and listening to Leon Womack. <laughs> that was I Hope You Dance by Leon Womack. <laughs> Next up on the show. <laughs> oh, man. That was really great that you pulled that out. We've never, we, I don't get to do that often. But when I do, I choose I Hope You Dance <laughs> by Leon Womack. Not anything new or... 
culturally relevant. Oh, well, man. you took Cameron's profound uh, moment and made <laughs> a mockery did. out of it. I, I did, so. actually. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, um, well. I, I watched Dead Poets Society this weekend. Oh, yeah. Cleaning the house. You're just ripping pages out of your magazines. Ooh, I'm telling you. Just, I, <laughs> oh, Captain, my captain. I was standing on my desk this morning. Oh, I mean, yeah. I just, yeah. you know. Every day, that's what you do. That you was unrelated. But, uh, yeah, he did stand on his desk. Oh, yeah. my goodness. You're just looking through old issues, just ripping pages out in front of the staff. It is a, yeah. Disregard this. I don't know what this was. Well, I'm glad right. you're not dead. That's an actual statement. I, yeah. Honestly, well, we're glad you made it. Jokes aside, glad you're here. <laughs> Thanks. Mm-hmm. I, I am too. Nobody wants Chandler Hess in their show. Right? <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, what a train. It, I mean, so it'd, be, it'd be literally nonstop. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Every break. You know this song? Of course. Oh, it's a great song. I sang in like five funerals. Oh, no. <laughs> it's oh, a funeral yeah. song? It's everything. If you get a chance to sit it out or dance, I, I hope, hope you, dance. you dance. Last time I heard this song, I was at a steakhouse in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Dance. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Weird. Chandler, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move the show along. It's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for In Case You Missed It. In Case You Missed It, uh, this week, Mark Zuckerberg discussed prayer and purpose during his Harvard commencement speech. Uh, well, actually, it was last week. The one-time professed atheist openly talked about praying daily. Yeah. As he wrapped up the speech, he recited an ancient Jewish prayer that he sings to his daughter nightly. Um, it sounds like this. I hope you did. <laughs> oh, that'll never get old. <laughs> oh, we're going to invest in a huge sound. I hope you dance at the new Relevant Podcast Rickroll. I, oh, I, man, <laughs> the new Relevant Podcast Rickroll. <laughs> it's I hope you dance. And hey, can we? Can someone get a video? Like Cameron, you need to have a video of you like blasting down a highway on a Harley. And that we're just going to, this song is going to be played in the background. <laughs> Oh, I'm, tears are streaming down my face as I'm screaming, as I'm oh. singing. That An occasional gust of wind, like, <laughs> wildly blows you almost off the road. Man, so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. And, then, really and, and a- then there's a slow dissolve, and it's just that crazy dude from the fireworks store sta- w- staring off into an explosion. I, I will say it, that it's I- the crazy It's the crazy dude from the fireworks store shaking his fist violently at his landlord off on the un- unseen horizon. Right, and he's the one playing, like, acoustic guitar and singing, like, backup <laughs> vocals. You're like, wow. It's, it's that guy, and then it's another dissolve, and it's that guy and the guy who woke up behind the fireworks store slow dancing with right. fireworks going off in the background. Propaganda is just in the back grinding coffee. It's like, what is going on? I'm doing. This Why video got weird. This is this is a very strange, strange version of this song. Oh, and, then, and then the last twenty minutes are just a loop of a microwave exploding in, in super slow. And I got pushed. I got pushed off the interstate over the hill as I'm cresting over the yeah. hill. You see me way in the background, just getting pushed off the edge of the highway, just right. flying into off a, a, into flying off a cliff on a motorcycle. Slight explosion as well. Yeah. Oh know? my goodness! Anyway, here's a clip of of the prayer. So before you walk out those gates, one last time, and as we sit here in front of Memorial Church, I'm reminded of a prayer, Mishaberach, that I say whenever I face a big challenge, that I sing to my daughter, thinking of her future when I tuck her in at night. And it goes, (laughs) may the source of strength (laughs) who's blessed the ones before us 
Help us find the courage to make our lives a blessing. I hope you find the courage to make your life a blessing. <laughs> Congratulations, class of 2017. Good luck out there. <laughs> wow. That is inspiring. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like that's going to be the next internet thing. You know, there's that thing where they, they put the Titanic theme song behind anything and right. it sounds. Yeah. It, it makes it 10 times better. This needs to be the next one. This song. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, earlier in the speech, he told the graduates, I'm here to tell you that finding your purpose isn't enough. Uh, the ch- you know what it needs? I'm here to tell you that finding your purpose isn't enough. The challenge for our generation is to create a world where everyone has a sense of purpose. When our parents graduated, that sense of purpose reliably came from your job, your church, your community. But today, technology and automation are eliminating many jobs. Membership in a lot of communities is declining. Many people feel disconnected and depressed and are trying to fill a void. To keep our society moving forward, we have a generational challenge to not only create new jobs, but create a renewed sense of purpose. Now turn it Leon, up. Leon Womack is the best. <laughs> That's the pirate guy singing that. <laughs> oh, man. Whenever one door closes. Come on, you don't know the Oh, my goodness. I'm- hey, in case you missed it, Ariana Grande <laughs> is going to return to Manchester yeah. for a massive uh, benefit concert and is bringing some high-profile friends with her. Yeah. Uh, earlier this week, Coldplay, uh, Pharrell, Justin Bieber, and Katy Perry all announced that they are among the artists. There probably will be more. They're going to join uh, Ariana the g- uh, for the, the from- One Love Manchester uh, concert next week. It's June 4th. The guy from One Direction who put out an album that's Harry not Styles. Harry Styles. Oh, the other guy. Uh, uh, Zane. No, Neil. Niall? Not Neil. Ronnie? <laughs> Andy, do you know this guy's name? He's Zane, Harry Styles, and Neil? Really? There's a Niall. Niall. Yeah, he just yeah, he just put out an album and it's like, hey, listen, Harry Styles' album is one of the better albums lately. Why don't you just delay your release by a couple months? But yeah. they're like both out there, one direction yeah. and uh, all proceeds from the show are going to go to the We Love Manchester Emergency Fund in partnership with the British Red Cross and Manchester City Council. You know, Earlier in the month, a uh, terrorist suicide bomber killed 23 concertgoers and injured more than 100 more uh, following a performance by Ariana Grande. In a statement, she said, we, were not, we will not quit or operate in fear. We won't let this divide us. We won't mm-hmm. let hate win. Our response to this violence is, must be to come closer together, to help each other, to love more, to sing louder, and live more kindly and generously than we did before. Uh, that's frankly what I've, how I've been trying to live since uh, Montana, Jesse. Yeah. Uh, hey, in case you missed it, you too unveiled a new worshipful version of I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Hey, Cameron, can we hear a clip of it? Yep. <laughs> this sounds nothing like the original version, but I gotta tell you, I think it's better. <laughs> Bono can hit the falsettos. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, this is Letterman. He's really been working on his range. This is Letterman esque the way we're grinding this into the ground. I love it. We don't do it often, but when we do, we oh, certainly man. take it too far. <laughs> the band uh, recently stopped by Jimmy Kimmel Live to promote the summer's Joshua Tree tour and played a surprisingly worshipful rendition of their classic song. At one point in the song, Bono announced, Take you to church, Selah. Not like that. Uh, he said it with an Irish accent. It's hard to do a bottom. And uh, guest singers uh, began worshiping. Here is a clip. Yeah, that's good. That's Jimmy Kimmel singing. That was Jimmy, yeah. 
This song still gives me chills. I've heard it a thousand times, but that new verse is really cool. Come on. Oh, boy. They are so good. I, I think I'm going to see them Well, yeah, it, 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 for the rest of the song, there's like a gospel choir singing. It's killer. It's incredible. Uh, this summer, all summer long, they're touring in honor of the 30th anniversary of the release of their classic album. I've been to three or four U2 concerts over the last, you know, five, six, oh, seven years. And I'm not that big of a U2 fan. I yeah. loved this album. We have made fun yeah. of them roundly together on this show. And, uh, <laughs> and, but the funny thing is I saw them uh, three years ago in LA on their last tour. I was and, with you. Yes, you were. And uh, Prop was there as well. Yeah. It, was, it was Prop's birthday. We took Prop to a U2 concert, the widest place I could think to take him. Yeah. Uh, He's taken him to a U2 show and Montana to shoot guns and catch fish. Hey, He's taken me to Compton. He's taken, we stretch each other's. I was on a hip hop con- yeah, rap, rap video. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, with Ty Dolla Sign. That's we weird. I didn't hear video. anything about that. <laughs> um, Andy, Andy That's talk. The talk of the hip hop yeah. world. Yeah. Andy, can I ask you a real question about yeah. the Joshua Tree? Yes. What do you think about the the photo on the album like cover? Because it's like one of the most iconic band photos slash yeah. album covers of all time. As a great and accomplished photographer, what do you think? I about mean, that? I think it's amazing. Anton Corbin, who took it, one of the best photographers out there, still working. Um, right. I mean, it's always the debate: is the photo really good because the album's really good, or other other way around? But I mean, I think it's just a great photo. They look tough. It's black and white. I mean, what else do you need? Nailed it. Feels like I could have taken it then. Uh, (laughs) Hey, guys, look tough. Hold on. I got to switch film real quick. Great. Black and white film. Done. Joshua Tree. What's next? You know what? Sorry, guys. I was actually taking a video on my phone. That's embarrassing. We're going to do this thing again. Look tough again. I'll just get a a still frame. It's not a big deal. Let's just get out of here. Real quick. Now, like, jump up and down real quick. We'll we'll fix this all in post. Let's get out of here. We're in the middle of the Joshua Tree desert. desert. I heard there's jackals, and I'm not too keen to find out. So let's hightail it, boys. Very, very hot out here. The show that Andy and I were at in L.A. was at the Forum, and it was that whatever album tour. And that album is forgettable. And and, uh, Zoo TV? No, that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, anyway, the, you know, and the, the U2 knows what the crowd wants. And so they're playing all classics. They're playing yeah. kind of the best of every era. And then there was this moment about two-thirds of the way through the show where, like, the set changed. And, and Bono was like, you know, we're going to now do four songs from the new album. You know, yeah. like, this is why we're here. Yeah. And you can just feel the air get sucked out of the room. Yeah. Like nobody cared. It wasn't good songs. They were clearly not as good as the songs that they'd been playing. Right. And then they come back, you know, right after that with, you know, they end on a high note with all the classics. And I think as an artist, you got to know, you got to feel the difference. They must know. You must know. And so it's like for them to do, you know, the 30th anniversary and just do Joshua Tree, which is what everybody wants anyway, when they go to a U2 concert. Like, I, I love that they're doing this. They're just yeah. kind of yeah. saying, all right, we get it, guys. Here yeah. you go. You know, I go back. And there's and no forth. shame in it either. No. Yeah. Right. Just, Yet I'm still glad they're writing music because when you go yeah. and see those bands that don't write and you're like, you've been touring on the same yeah, greatest like the hits cattle. or whatever. Yeah. yeah for like 40 years. Rolling this is a Stones. bummer. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it's just like, okay, well, you know, Hopefully there's enough of a gap that if they do another album, it'll be like yeah. a real a moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. uh, in case you missed it, this dude went to an open mic night and told only jokes from AI assistants like Siri, Alexa, and Cortana. Amazing. Uh, a Wired writer decided to test out the jokes told by the voice-activated digital assistants by bringing them to a live audience. Most of the jokes are objectively terrible. Uh, they added, they actually used a decibel meter to see which jokes got the biggest laugh. Here's 
a clip. Uh, I stayed up all night trying to figure out where the sun went, and then it dawned on me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> why do scuba divers always fall right, backwards right, out of the boat? It's because if they fell forwards, they'd still be in the boat. Oh, oh wow. Oh. A ham sandwich walks into a bar. Bartender says, sorry, we don't serve food here. Oh, I like that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Good, good. I told the doctor I broke my arm in two places. He told me, don't go into those places. Oh. <laughs> um, do you think frogs are any good at surfing? <laughs> totally. No. <laughs> no. That's something Colin would say. I hate that I'm one of the what few did the puppy on this panel that is not up? a dad. And I laughed a at archaeologist. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, Andy. Andy's love it. Andy's taking notes right now. <laughs> uh, what did one iPhone say to the other iPhone? I used to know this one. Which horse runs the city? The mayor, of course. Oh, oh. man. It's just, it's just silent. It's so difficult. <laughs> What's the best part of living in Switzerland? I don't know, but the flag is a big plus. <laughs> it's just, it's hey, like watching a, a John Christ video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, John Christ. Oh. Man. Um, so, yeah, many of the tech companies like Apple, Microsoft, and Google actually hired professional screenwriters to come up with that material. Uh, Siri was hands down the least funny, and Google's home assistant performed the best. All right, well, that'll do it for In Case You Missed It. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. to Kalela. The song is Rewind. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Bleachers with Don't Take the Money. That's what I say to the staff every payday. Keep it, please. Save it, save it. Well, this week's Slices segment is brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse, and you can design a best-in-class site using their award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin. You can even build an amazing store, and they have crazy good commerce tools and customer support. And when you pay for a year of Squarespace, you get a custom domain included for free. It's a great deal. nice of them. Well, Squarespace has a special offer for Relevant Podcast listeners. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. I would highly recommend you do it. Yeah, I, I got to get on IHopeYouDance.gov. L- literally, <laughs> dude, literally today I was in a meeting and we came up with an idea and I was like, you know what, I can just, I can just throw that up. I can do a Squarespace site real quick. You know, like, yeah. It's just like, I don't want to bother the web team with this. I'll make something that looks fantastic and I it can is, do it in an evening. It is pretty funny. The stuff that like, there's some of it that's like designers that are relevant and there's some of it that's Squarespace and it's a real blurry line. Right. Like, you yeah. know, which is cool. Like, I know. <laughs> All right. It's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? 
All right, so the fast food chain Burger King is getting ready to expand operations and build a bunch of new restaurants in Belgium. So in order to promote this new initiative, they have launched an online campaign where people can go and vote of who should really be the king of Belgium, the Burger King mascot, or king philippe the actual king of belgium uh you know they have like a little animated thing and if you go to the website you can place your vote and if you vote for the king of belgium it basically won't let you actually place the vote it keeps saying like are you sure like he can't cook fries he can't cook whoppers for you it's kind of a funny little thing to promote pretty pretty uh, silly little joke right it's not like a it's not like a i wouldn't have thought of it in terms of like social marketing coup like okay well i get it they both have king in it Yeah, so, uh, you know, again, totally harmless. I mean, you're making fun of a king, of a literal modern king, which in and of itself, the fact that a king even exists is still sort of hilarious. Like, they have no actual power. A constitutional monarchy. They can do nothing. They literally do nothing. They just get paid to hang out and be a king. Uh, so, of course, the crown, uh, the, the, the royal royalty of Belgium had, uh, the, the lamest response ever. And they said that they, they have told, they reach out to Burger King and they, this is their quote, we are not happy with them, uh, for this campaign. So, uh, uh, Belgium now, uh, or Burger King rather is going to revisit the campaign and, and deliberate whether they should pull it or because it's offended the king personally no one in belgium is offended by this but the king personally yeah. is offended or whether they're gonna they're gonna keep going strong one they've already done an effective job of promoting these new burger kings two do not back down burger king it's <laughs> ridiculous that kings are still around this isn't the medieval times right yeah. like the, what, what is the king going to do you like, england has a, 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 a monarch a monarchy. Oh yeah, you realize that right queen on uh, netflix is the best show i mean is it when she dies we're gonna, england will have a king I know, and I think it's super lame. Like, (laughs) these people are born... Okay, it's like having a family that literally, just by being born, they have no power, they have no jobs, they just get paid a bunch of money and live in a mansion that the people pay for. Okay, so Jesse, you know, seize the day since we got back from Montana. I've had to catch up on a lot of my DVR reality shows. And I've been watching a lot of TV over the last couple days, because that's how I want to live my life. And uh, I've... You know, like Taco Bell, I think, has doubled down on the fact that we're going to do disgusting food (laughs) and you're going to eat it. Own it. Lean it into it. I mean, like uh, we were driving in the car yesterday and Cohen looked over at a Taco Bell sign uh, window display and he's like naked chips. And it was like naked chicken (laughs) chips. And it's like literally triangle pieces of chicken that they're selling as chips. And they have like a chicken fried chicken shell. They're just like disgusting. They don't care. They did it once. I love it. it. It's like they just put their toes in the water a couple of years ago. They're like, who would possibly put two shells with beans in the middle of an eat it? And they're like, oh, 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 everyone. Uh, everyone. I know know that their marketing meetings are mad libs and yeah. it's like it's just like blank lines and then they have like a pool of like disgusting ingredients that they're just randomly combining so, I love so, it. so you know uh, there's two directions that fast food's going you know it's kind of like oh man sales are down at mcdonald's we got to get a healthier fresher menu millennials want healthier options we want farm to table mm-hmm. let's see if we can uh inject salads and wraps and different things right, right? there's and then <laughs> or and then taco bell is killing it by going the complete other direction burger king is languishing in the middle right yeah i think think they've played their hand about what direction they're going because while I've been watching my marathons of DVR catching up, there's yeah. been a lot of Burger King commercials. Yeah. And it's been playing this song. I don't know, get, I don't know if you've seen these commercials. I love this and song. And it's 
the commercial is this song, and it's the King singing it, and it's the 90s video of Return of the Mac with Mark Morrison, but the King's head is on the guy, mm-hmm. and it goes and it goes like this. It's this whole thing, and then they get to the chorus, and he goes, uh, Return of the Mac, and the, that other voice goes, and Cheetos! <laughs> Listen. <laughs> And he goes, return to the back and Cheetos. And what it is, is like these big uh, mozzarella stick looking things, which are Cheeto dust. And when you bite into them, it's the innards are mac and cheese. Yikes. And they have a whole campaign going, a return of the mac and cheese and Cheetos. <laughs> and I think Burger King is wow. has, has Taco Bell squarely in their sights. They've yeah. always had a very weird marketing like strategy yeah. this is just weird well now this is now product i yeah, mean this yeah. now product is getting taco right. belly it's 11 year olds sitting around going like okay here's what we really want it, it's only a matter of <laughs> time before they start just cramming gummy worms into things at this point <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, i love it too like i love it too like worms, that, yeah, yeah. It, 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 like and that's why this campaign is so meta because like the king represents everything proper and royal and like traditional in the world and they're going right after him and they're saying if you can't take a joke we're doubling down on that and we're gonna and, and, and all of Belgium and all of the world is laughing at you King Philippe lighten up and take a right. joke I love it I think do it Burger King own this this is now your lane like I, I want you to like come up with some concoction of soda that that's like twice as bad for you, even if it doesn't taste any better. Like, just lean into this. Make it the grossest food ever and don't care at all. I love right. it. Have they not seen Bodie McBoatface? Like, they're not going to win. The king of whatever is not going to win. Yeah. It's, yeah. He, you've got to play along or just be quiet. Here's but the other thing, too. The king just got a taste of democracy. And guess what? Burger King is crushing him. He's getting beaten in a vote by a fictional king who makes cheeseburgers. That can't feel good, but that's what democracy is. I think all royalty around the world need to take note. Right now, that's it's not a even cheeseburgers. Thing. It's Cheeto sticks filled with mac and cheese. Right, they used to make cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, cheeseburgers but, but what ruler has a chance against that? Honestly, no, no. though, no, there's no. No, that's right. All right, all right. What do you have, Eddie? Well, this is really a slice for Jesse, and I kind of wanted to just present something to you, Jess. I know this okay. has been sort of your beat, but I, I read something this week, and I just thought, you know what? Um, I love Jesse. And I, I owe it to him to bring this to him. I would like to present to you Exhibit A. His name is Jacob Waddell. Thirty-six Waddell. Waddell. Okay. W-A-D-D-E-L-L. 36 years old Sorry. from Nolansville, Tennessee. He has been charged with disorderly conduct, possessing instruments of crime, and destruct, destructing meetings and processions. Okay. Why? This sounds like concerning charges. I don't know why I want to associate with this individual. Jacob was at a Nashville Predators game. And I guess this is sort of a secondary slice. Nashville has a hockey team Early. and they're the Predators and they made it into a Stanley Cup, which I guess is like their Super Bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was watching uh, a marathon last night and I saw a commercial for the Stanley Cup, which I didn't know was going on. Right. And it said, you know, uh, hot, you know, NHL final NBC Sports Network. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> is it really on the NBC Sports Network? Upper cable. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, like the one you can only get if you have Apple TV. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't like, exist on did it, Is it on NBC or is it actually relegated to the NBC Sports Network? I, I think maybe if they go to game seven, they'll do like a, a drop in during 60 minutes or something. <laughs> you can <laughs> only get CBS. it if you have like an app and if it, it's, it's an Android only app for certain models. It's very, very <laughs> difficult to see. But, uh, but, but people the 17, in Canada are really But the 17 people who care 
about hockey, uh, they they do the extra effort to, to watch it. Yeah, so. yeah. So, Jesse, the reason he was charged with possessing instruments of crime and disrupting meetings was because Waddell, who I submit to you for an outlaw hero, threw okay. the catfish, threw a Th- catfish over the glass and into the ice during the second period of the game one of the Stanley Cup. In an interview, here's the narrative that went down. Okay. He paid three. Wait, I, wait, is it a yes. live catfish or a dead catfish? Quite dead. It has okay. it well, quite it was dead. sitting in his uh, hoodie. In, yeah. his, uh, in his underwear. It's a no. huge, huge catfish. Please tell me the details of this crime. He paid $350 <laughs> for a pair of upper level tickets to the game. He bought wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. First, I want to... Before you go any further, the fact that he bought upper level tickets, right. knowing that he was going to throw a catfish onto the ice, he's got a lot of confidence in his arm to right. throw the catfish. I don't because think I if he was a just ball. a few feet short, someone right. is catching a catfish <laughs> to the back of the head. I think it's really hard to throw a perfect object into the ice. I mean, like it's pretty far. I, he's, he had to have practiced. He's not going into this Ow. unprepared. He goes into some, some empty arena. Well, I mean, we didn't see the catfish. <laughs> like, so it's probably old, pretty tenderized, you know, right. where, the, practice where like they used to, to have the out. Olympics and his friends with him. He's Are like, again. Yeah, he ran over with his pickup truck to flatten it out and then sprayed it with Old Spice to make it <laughs> smell so bad. God almighty. <gasps> These are details I didn't even know. This guy's, I heard about it on the news this morning. This guy actually rules. Yeah. Okay. He is an outlaw hero. Uh, so he sprayed it with Old Spice, as you said, to put it into a trip. It put it into a cooler for the trip to Pittsburgh. I guess so it wouldn't smell. And on Monday night, he yeah, he uh, flattened the fish. Then the fish went into his underwear. He brought a pair of compression shorts and baggy pants. So it was not only being compressed into his body, but then he wore baggy shorts to cover. And if you got pat down, it just feels like flesh. That's right. That weird pouch thing that some old men do when they pull their pants up really high. Oh, right. And then it goes out right, right. under the belt. That's yeah. right. So he entered the arena staked out a lower bowl section where he could heave the catfish over the glass. So that's what he did. He oh, bought okay. that okay. but then he got into a lower bowl during a stoppage of play. He made the move. He said, I thought, man, wouldn't it be awesome to go to that game? And then like an ignorant redneck, I thought, wouldn't it be awesome to throw a catfish under the ice during this game? <laughs> I submit to you, Jesse Carey, this man is an outlaw. Yeah, hero. no, but, but, but the thing is like this, yeah, this clearly isn't a federal crime because it may, though law, the law enforcement in Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania or whatever may say that throwing a catfish is illegal in Tennessee. That's a celebrated thing. It's, yeah. it's an, if you get a cat, if you get hit with a catfish and someone throws at you that's a sign of honor in tennessee they don't, they don't tip the hat at each other if you do something nice you just get live catfish thrown at yeah. you seven years of good luck right there it's a tennessee custom it's a rite of passage when boys turn 13 oh, yeah. they go they go through a tunnel of men who throw catfishes at them yeah. i'm just never I, i'm amazed by the amount of work this guy did to necessarily yeah because i'm like man if i'm hungry i'll stay i'll sit down and my be hungry for a half as, hour at, when that truck rolled over it when the eyeballs and everything exploded there's a and lot of questions and yeah. that's a lot of just fish guts in your pants. I wonder if it was yeah. a gutted fish. It probably was. It was like basically the fillets yeah. just still intact. The, the, so, well, oh. the, 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 uh, the other yeah. thing, too, like I know well, for a fact a that head and an eyeballs. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was in good shape. I don't think I it just the, looked I saw like a picture a, of it. It didn't have the tail, but it was basically everything else and the head and everything was there. <laughs> it was just like flesh, like fish. Well, what, flesh, what part of the what, at what point does it become a tail? I mean, like how, how could you tell the tail was missing? Well, it was, I mean, you know, like a, a fish, it goes to like just, kind of the whale just, tail or just like yeah. whatever. Tapers, tapers down to a tapers point. Out. 
But yeah, it just it just went straight, and it just looked like they just cut it in half just because he couldn't fit it all yeah. in his pants. This is this is outrageous because he's acting. He's not acting like some kind of uh, criminal. He's acting like a Tennessean. And like I said, <laughs> I know for a fact that when you uh, any real estate transaction in that state isn't legally completed until both parties slap each other in the face with a big dead catfish <laughs> and then throw them at an innocent bystander. It's the law. I don't question it. But that's how they operate there. Okay, this is a state's rights issue, is what it is. And Pittsburgh is overstepping this man is an outlaw hero we're going to get him on the show and cameron i'd like to congratulate you on your very progressive views on tail fluidity i think it's really <laughs> beautiful that you agree that it may still have a tail it even may still have a tail it may just be a smaller tail it defines its own tail. <laughs> that's what i'm saying like how can andy that. define what his tail is or what it isn't yeah andy Hey, well, well, okay, here's my other thing. If we do get this guy an outlaw hero, I yeah, mean... It, it's the it, only thing you have to do now. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm blocking the off the podcast calendar. podcast network's going to fall apart. Everything's going to not happen. You've got to get this guy yeah. on the show. But I will say this, like every, you know, we've done two other segments and I have to have like some kind of true crime thing that I'm sort of parodying. And we did Serial the first year. We did S-Town on the last one. This one has to be a catfish parody, does it not? Oh, oh, like it, we, oh, it has sure. to be MTV's catfish. It's a it's little on the perfect. nose, but still pretty good. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I think it. you I'm should parody Shauna's podcast. It might be a little too soon and very disrespectful, <laughs> but it would be funny. I think I, catfish is too on the nose. You got to go some sort of like deadliest catch type thing or something. Oh, like, that, yeah. there we go. Now we're talking. House of Cards. House or, of I mean, it's the natural well, but I mean, you can just do the to music. catch a predator. To, to catch, catch a predator. predator. There you go. There you go. <laughs> good one. That's very good. <laughs> Andy, that, you didn't say a lot, but when you do, it was gold. Yeah. That was helpful. <laughs> well, his theme What song were you is, planning on doing here tonight? <laughs> just a little Leon Womack break. Uh, hey, Slices, what do you have, Andy? Um, well, this week marks the, uh, the next installment of the scripts spelling bee. Um, so Google just released America's most misspelled words. And the way they did this was, um, they took data from Google from January 1st to April 30th in each state and saw which word they were looking for. How to, how do I spell in this word? And now they've compiled the top misspelled words in every state. Um, Some of them are pretty understandable. Connecticut and West Virginia are supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So people are Googling how to spell that. People are Googling how to spell that. That's the number one. That's the number one. Like how many people in those states actually are going to use that word? (laughs) I was going to say, what scenario arises where you're like, I got to Google. I got to know how to spell Not millennial where there's a two L's or one L. No, not millennial, which is all over the place. No, but super Cal. Okay. The, uh, Obviously, the most holy states are Delaware and Indiana because their most uh, misspelled word was hallelujah. Really? So, hallelujah, hmm. most spelled word, Delaware. Washington, D.C.'s was actually 90, like N I N E T Y, ah. like the number 90, oh, which weird. doesn't make any sense. Weird. Um, but some states, like Oregon, it was sense, S E N S E, is the most misspelled word. In Oregon. Well, no, it, because it was searching for how to spell this. So they were trying to figure out the difference between sense, since, right? S-E or S-I. I would assume so because it's a five-letter word. Yeah. Um, and Georgia, it was gray. Oh, that. What? Gray. G-R-A-Y. G-R-E-Y. It's a tricky one. Yeah, I guess so. And Georgia, I'm surprised it wasn't Georgia. The worst one of all, Wisconsin. Georgia, the most misspelled word is degree. 
<laughs> Hi-o. Hey-o. Um, Buzzing. Uh, close, enough, close enough in Wisconsin, the most misspelled word in Wisconsin was Wisconsin. <laughs> no. They don't know how to spell our own state. Oh, no. But doesn't, is there, am I wrong, but was one state diarrhea? <laughs> one state was diarrhea. <laughs> I, have For, the whole, I have the list right here. Uh, what's the state? Because we don't want to drink the water there. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> if that many people, they thought they were going to WebMD. And, uh, and, and, two, and two, here, this is what's baffling to me about people that turn to Google to, 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 to like figure out how to spell diarrhea. How many times, like what scenario arises where you have to put the word diarrhea in writing and you're not comfortable just getting it close enough? Like you have to, I'm doing a written correspondence and I have to spell diarrhea correctly. Well, they want to go to WebMD and they just want to make sure they're doing the correct search. So it's they a, don't a trust little... autocorrect. It's an emergency. I really need the proper spelling here, Actually, we do need and to I know don't have state. time. We do need to know what state that is. Yeah, that's uh, Andy. Important. It was. It was. That was actually in the 2016 search, oh, but it was oh, okay. Vermont and New Mexico both had diarrhea. So I could have called that. <laughs> I feel like we could sway this. Like if everybody would start searching for Andy Barron in Delaware, I feel yeah. like how we do could, you spell Andy Barron? Yeah, yeah. If we could get everybody in Delaware, or even if you're just on a trip to Delaware, because I feel I mean, like it's a small enough state that you could skew it. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. not going to do any damage in Texas. We're just hack the IPs in Delaware. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean yeah. that just sounds like great marketing at this point because yeah. you're going to show up in all of these stories on Reuters and picked up in all these news sources. I mean, on the relevant podcast. Yeah. Who relevant is Andy podcast. Barron? That's the yeah. headline next yeah. year is who is Andy Barron? Not yeah. here's the most misspelled. And words. how do you spell his name? Yeah. No yeah. one's yeah. quite yeah. sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, you said this is because you brought this up because the script spelling bee is next week. Can, can anybody here definitively explain to me? No. Why the script spelling bee is on ESPN no. as a sport? No, because ESPN has taken pretty because, liberal. Because like, there's sports and there's competitions. Right, competition. And, and a dance competition is not a sport. Okay, okay, working, okay. Here, can, I, can I bring a distinction? Because I've actually thought a lot so, yeah. about this. Okay. Because okay. to me, a sport is a game where there is a winner, like but it's a game like it's a, it's not like a scored judged thing. Yeah. Now I know gymnastics is yeah is cheerleading different. and stuff. That's athleticism plus competition, so yeah. that belongs on Espen. No, well, well, okay. Here, here's here's my breakdown. Okay, and and again, this is controversial. Shocked s- that you've thought about this and have a strong opinion. Sports has three essential elements that Tell you me. have to. You can't have two of the three. You got to have all three to make winner, it a sport. loser, and sweat. It's it's uh, um, not bad athleticism. Okay, got it. Um, uh, 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 some sort of uh, competition. Competition, what? yeah. So and, there's a winner and an objective outcome, not a subjective one where there's oh, judges I involved. Get, I know exactly what yeah, you're getting yeah. at because, like, I feel like some of the ones that are like judged, it's like, like well, finish, they, finish the race. Score more points when yeah, time expires. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. an objective outcome. All three of those. Otherwise, the competition. I'm not saying that some competitions aren't athletic. Some are super athletic. But so I, I don't think there's like sports in the traditional nature. I, I think that is a fine distinction because I think while there, I see all the shirts at the mall when I walk by. You know, you know Claire's boutique that cheerleading is a sport. I think cheerleading is an athletic competition. Yeah, I, I, I would, think anything I that is determined by judges is a competition, and anything that's determined by the objective outcome, okay. uh, the results within a, t- a certain time period, is a sport. Okay, but but well then, then you have like real quick, Eddie, real quick, you have like esports, which which fit two of the three because right. it's a it's a it's a competition and there's an objective outcome, but there's no athleticism to it. Right. I don't think it's esports. I think it's it's a 
fat guy sitting in recliners. Well, and I would say I would say the the uh, uh, spelling bee is an intellectual competition, not an athletic one. Therefore, it does not meet the category the criteria of a sport. In my it, it, from but, my so there's an objective outcome because I spelled more words correctly than you. You know, yep. at the end, so there's one winner. Uh, it, 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 there was a competition. Yeah, but, uh, but there was not athletic. Yeah, it's it's intellectual, not athletic. Now, but the whole hold on. So the cheerleading thing, I think there may be. No, if we had two cheerleading crews battling it out like like those uh, take it to the street dance crews, yes. yes. Now that's a sport. Yeah, but I think that with cheerleading, I'm not sure, but I feel like the judging of cheerleading though is a little bit more objective than subjective because the judges are like counting the number of times they did like they did this many flips, they did this kind of routine. Yeah, but but okay, like, but here's my like thing. Floor real quick. gymnastics is like, do I like the way you dance? But, but, but here's my thing. It's like, I would even like, so like if you're, when you're watching like a figure skating competition and everyone's looking at the scoreboard because it's not clear what the score is, therefore it's an objective outcome. Think, like one, like if two judges score it differently, then it's objective. Mm. It's not subjective. So, would like you, you take auto hockey, racing Hockey out? is a sport. No, auto yeah. racing, there's one winner. There's a time period, you know. But where's the athleticism? Uh, it is a guy sitting in a car. Trust me, the the amount of muscular athletic involvement in steering that machine is Hard, huh? ab- absolutely athletic. I'm even just talking from almost dying on a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, here's where my theory, though, I, in my own, for days like, I, like I said, I put I put an insane amount of thought into this, and I don't know why. Like it's never come up. I've just lied away and think about it. Where my thing falls apart is a boxing or MMA competition that is decided by a split decision, not Ooh. a technical knockout or a knockout. Because at that point, if two judges see the same fight and they score it differently, then therefore the outcome is subjective, not objective. Then a lot of times then it's to based me, off of points the, like when they do like hit you know land certain yeah yeah but but or, but two judges score mm-hmm. differently so like it's yeah. not a it's not an so, objective but, outcome but it could be argued that that is not a flaw in the sport that is a flaw in the implementation of the sport yeah that, that if they just had one judge or if they removed the judges altogether and waited until somebody finished yeah. off <laughs> right. the other one you know like that that's just a uh, it's just like the NBA adjusting the rules, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> season to season. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe it's just a rules issue that, well, that it, it, w- it would be like in figure skating or, or some other competition that like, uh, for like style, which is something that's like impossible to define. Like if it was just about the amount yeah. of tricks or the difficulty of the tricks, there's something subjective. I think it puts it back into the sport, not competition territory. Interesting. And hockey is not a sport just because it's not enjoyable, right? Yeah, yeah I I, unless unless dead catfish enter the equation, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, obstacles. Yeah, yeah there's a yeah. few that just subvert the rules, yeah. and even though it technically fits Jesse's three criteria, we just don't really enjoy. So that it. Means I don't that, know why I have those three criteria. By the but way, that, but, but that means that, that means that the show Wipeout is a sport. I would agree. It's yeah. not an athletic competition. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah it's it's a not. One, it's not a major but sport, it, but it's a sport. Yeah. It fits those criteria obstacle, that I like. Obstacle courses, you know, obstacle course champion. Ja- yeah, American like- Ninja Warrior. American Ninja Warrior is a sport. Right. And I mean, they are, always have been. What was it? The uh, old labyrinths and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, gladiators did that kind of stuff. American Gladiator. A sport. American Gladiator is definitely American Gladiator is number one sport in the world. <laughs> I think we're going to give some feedback about this, but I welcome <laughs> oh, it. I welcome oh, an I intellectual debate about the definition. <laughs> I would imagine. I, would I imagine. mean, real world road rules challenge. Definitely the fifth major sport in America. <laughs> exactly. Andy, literally, are you reading my show notes right now? Because you're right. I, That's right. <laughs> I never saw that. Yeah, it was your. It was probably too young. Hey, it was, you, but, you but, would have not been allowed. 
but but here uh-huh. here this is controversial too. Competitive eating definitely a sport by that criteria. Whoa whoa whoa! Why? <laughs> How so? Yeah, numbers, I agree. Number of things it's that not athletic. Definitely like physical. Points. It's the I most think it's physical. athletic. It's physical. It's not athletic. It requires a lot of speed. It's 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 athleticism in your no. jaw and your Incorrect. hands to Incorrect. shove hot dogs in your, in your face. Incorrect. I can. I can is, I, if somebody's double, got a double jointed thumb and can do something weird with thumb, that'll make it athletic. You know, I mean, just because they can mm. open their mouth wider and shove more hot dogs in. But you could say the same thing about a pitcher who it's can throw a, harder just because they have like a tighter tendons in their shoulder. Nah, this I, is hard hitting. I, I think, I think <laughs> hot, dog eat, but hot dog eating is shown on ESPN on July 4th. Well, That's yes. what I'm saying. It's just, it meets the criteria. It's loose athleticism, but it is athleticism. I don't uh, know. It's ESPN athletic. also. Uh, they're, they just want people to watch. They've had hard. They're having hard days. They're having some hard days. Yeah. And letting people go. <laughs> That's true. Et All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Local Natives joins us. Bam, cuz. I was up late night balling, counting up hundreds by the thousand. I was up late night balling, counting up hundreds by the thousand. I was up late night balling, counting up hundreds by the thousand. I was up late night balling, counting up hundreds by the thousand. You're listening to Vince Staples. The song is Big Fish. I like Vince Staples. He was on uh, uh, Bill Simmons' sports talk show. He was really funny. He was really funny. Was he? Yeah. He's one of these. He's a smart. He's a smart guy. Yeah, and, and he did a. He was on Sway. You know, like Sway in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they do. He'll like when he has rappers on. He'll have him do a freestyle or something like that. Yes. He went top five all time. I mean, it, it wow. was on. It was just kind of making the rounds this week. I, for some reason, I saw it on Facebook videos. You know, awesome. and he went for like three minutes, like straight straight freestyle. A lot of the guys going there with kind of pre written stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was representing stuff that was going on that week. Okay, I know I've gotten a lot of heat, and you and I both have for our Hamilton talk. I will say, Lin Manuel Miranda. I've seen him freestyle a few times. Incredible. No, oh, I, I yes, he can come up with words very quickly. I agree with you. <laughs> so we, I was just giving a concession back to rhyming those words that, quickly. Right, he is proficient. We concede that point. Absolutely. <laughs> Indie Rock Outfit Local Natives is known for their innovative guitar-driven arrangements, catchy hooks, and then California-inspired sound. We recently spoke with Local Natives frontman Taylor Rice about the group's latest critically acclaimed album, Sunlit Youth, uh, which you've heard most of the album on song breaks here on the podcast over the last six months. Uh, We had him walk us through some of the record's most memorable tracks. Here is Local Natives. album um, felt like they were you guys grew up a, a little bit in terms of uh, maturing the style um, and of course there's there's some personal stuff that went on with uh, I guess Kelsey's mother passing and um, things like that going on and I think that kind of came through in the music um, from the kind of that time up until now with this with this new release of um, your, your new project uh, what's kind of happened in, in those uh, intervening years as, as the band obviously all been on tour together and what, what's what's what uh, forces I guess were, sh- were shaping this new project yeah uh, you're you're totally right and in fact, I like I listened to a couple of hummingbird songs the other day. I can't remember why there was some reason I was interested, or a friend asked, or whatever it is, doesn't matter. But um, I hadn't listened to the songs in so long. I mean, we play them live 
but sure. it's very different from what it is on record. And I actually was struck at how transported I was back to kind of that time. And, mm. um, and yeah, that was this like a very cathartic kind of record of dealing with a lot of, a lot of things of, of growing up and dealing with some difficult things in life. And it, it has like a density that you, that I really felt that reminded me of that time period. Mm. But, um, after Hummingbird, it really felt like that was out. You know, we had gotten this out of our system and, and the future looked super bright and optimistic and and interesting and fascinating. And we, we all kind of found ourselves like, okay, we've, we're back home. We've been on tour essentially for six years, kind of straight. Like we did Gorilla Manor, toured it forever. Went right into Hummingbird, toured it forever. And so it was kind of this first moment of, of, of taking stock now of where we were in our lives. And, and I think we found ourselves feeling like the, the future was really bright and optimistic and sort of like limitless. And um, we didn't have to follow any kind of like boxes or, or rules of how we had made music before as a band. And we really kind of, in ways, reinvented ourselves and allowed ourselves to make music in different ways um so that that whole time period was really awesome it was basically like a big exploration an exploration of who we are as adults an exploration of how do we want to you know kind of push ourselves creatively and write differently you know we we ended up writing like 50 songs for the really? record wow. which usually we only write like 16 songs sure for our last two records it's much more focused and arduous and you're working on a song for nine months and this was like let's try a million things wow. um yeah of course it is funny like i think uh the state of the world is like slightly less optimistic now and like some <laughs> in some ways some of those um kind of hopes didn't necessarily pan out like mm. uh mm. You know what I mean? Like politically and culturally, it's just a, it's a really heavy time. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, but at the same time, I have found myself going back to that mindset where as much as it's a difficult time right now, like the, the core kind of ringing truth to me is a feeling of optimism and that there is a huge kind of opportunity. And so all those things ring true, but, it, but you just asked me to go back and we were making that record. It just felt like, man like this is such an exciting moment this is such an exciting time it just felt really free there's like a lot of freedom So tell me, tell me, like sonically, I know the, there's some different sounding tracks. I mean, I think first one that jumped out was uh, the track "Coin." You know, has a very um, feels like there's some funk influence. It's soulful. Uh, what were you guys trying to do uh, musically different in this project? There's an idea like, what is a local native song at this point? And you know, we had only written two records, but we've been playing music together forever. Um, we had we have a lot of dynamics about how we make music and you know i love my bandmates and like we know each other so well i mean there's so much musically between us 
that isn't even spoken. Like we we can just feel where the other person is going or you know, one example of that is how the three of us write harmonies. It's it's just we we'll sit around and everybody just kind of finds find their spot now. And it's it's kinda of like just breathing. We're so used to it. So there are things that that you don't want to throw out, but at the same time you want to expand and allow yourself to say, Well why why this isn't a local Maiden song because it has like a funk and soul influence, you know, or something like that. Or I'm gonna make this song based off of I wrote this song on guitar, but what would it sound like if I got rid of that and instead, you know, used a bunch of samples, you know, 10 synths on top of each other. Or for Villainy, I, I wanted this kind of like Beach Boysy. I was like, let's replace this big, it was this huge chord that plays out the whole song. Let's replace all that with vocals and all three of us sang it at like two different octaves and there's like 27 voices on there doing this big thing and it's like well that's not the the normal thing is just for the three of us to be singing together but why not have you know throw out that rule let's have 27 voices singing this chord going the lyrics forward or, or, or lyrics first i guess approach uh, <laughs> maybe it's a weird question how do, where do you start like what what are you drawn from to to write lyrics i mean it, you shift almost into like a, and i guess maybe this is even historic with a lot of music uh like way back but it, you switch into like a poet type mentality you know where you're gonna you put your thoughts and emotions out on on paper and then worry about the music later did, did you find that that was a struggle or was it was it easier for you approaching lyrics that way when when it happens and when it works, it is the best feeling ever. It's like the best feeling in the world. And, you know, if you read about songwriters, it, it is kind of like a common, you know, like Neil Young has talked about a lot, or just this feeling of like a song kind of channeling through you. And it just happens all of a sudden. And I, I have had that experience, and, and I had it on this album, like most kind of directly with the song Fountain of Youth. And that's a song where I kind of had the, like the chorus just sort of hit me. Um, and and I had that, and then I, I kind of wrote out the chord progression. And then as I was singing the verses, like the entire song, essentially like the basic format of the song and all the lyrics kind of came out in like 30 minutes. And this this whole thing just sort of just sort of came out like all all intact, like this whole piece. And like where it comes from, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of things that that song Fountain of Youth is about and it's sort of about these things you've already kind of mentioned, like growing up and like reflecting on on your youth and, and kinda of like analyzing your life from this period of of now having like a little bit of perspective, <laughs> you know, you're young and, and you just have no idea. You're just like living in the world. And, and then every step you take, you have this, this perspective going back. And the song Found of Youth takes this twist on it where it's like, actually, I think the youth, the kind of youthful outlook on life, like this optimism for the world is a thing. Like, why does it have to be this way? Why does it need to be entrenched? 
um, in one particular way just because that's how it is and the questioning of that I think is often like the right way that's always kind of how progress comes in every generation kind of kicks out the, the past one and the old generation is it's, it's the same story every time like the kids these days and I don't understand and it's funny to kind of then like have that perspective and, and see yourself as you're starting to cross a threshold but for me kind of like take take uh, take a page from it and take joy in it of, of how important and valuable that, that kind of youthful perspective is like you should be questioning the way that things are and there's a lot of power in that and optimism of, of youth. That was Local Natives. Make sure to check out their album, Sunlit Youth. It's out now. You'll love it. Up next, Jimmy Allen. Listening to Mondo Cosmo. The song is automatic. This week's feature interview is brought to you by Blue Apron. I've, I've actually ordered Blue Apron before living in New York. It's hard to do groceries and stuff, and it's uh, it's actually really nice. It's the kind where like everything was uh, all measured out for you and everything. And um, I'm kind of an idiot in the kitchen, so that uh, it worked out very well. well. There you go. Well, that's that's like their new slogan. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be well. an idiot in the kitchen. <laughs> Blue Apron makes incredible home cooking easy and accessible for people even like Andy yeah. by delivering seasonal recipes with step-by-step instructions and pre-proportioned ingredients right to your door, all for less than 10 bucks a meal. You can even customize your recipes based on your preferences and select a delivery option that's right for you. Plus, there's no weekly commitment, so you get only get deliveries when you want them. Uh, featured upcoming meals. Here we go. Uh, in June. Cheeto dusted mac and cheese loaves. Uh, Return of the Mac. Uh, w- catfish war- nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> tenderized. Tenderized mm-hmm. catfish nuggets on ice. It's uh, it's like a sushi thing. It's yeah. delivered. By the delicious. way, Blue Apron, that's just us riffing. We know you do better food than that. Yeah. Case in point. Uh, yeah, case in point. Uh, warm smoked trout. Warm smoked trout. Very different than chilled uh, tenderized yes. catfish nuggets. <laughs> yes. uh, warm smoked trout and asparagus salad with fingerling potatoes and garlic croutons. Yes, yes. Uh, spiced <laughs> zucchini enchiladas with creamy lime and tomato rice. Mm-hmm. Elote style or elote style vegetable testadas with summer squash, poblano peppers, and cilantro rice. Peach honey glazed chicken with mashed sweet potatoes, collard greens, and Thai basil. Yes. I mean, come on. That seems delightful. That sounds incredible. Uh, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash relevant. You love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash relevant. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Much better. And if you want, I can come to your house and take pictures of your food for you for Instagram because everyone just has <laughs> You have to do that or else... Blue Apron, a weirder right. way to cook with Andy. <laughs> having a guy in your house. Blue Apron, uh, Andy's going to probably show up. Yeah. So. An uninvited Andy. guest. <laughs> Look tough. We're going to do this in black and white. Andy, was Go. it you that broke into me and Prop's cabin while we slept that night to take pictures of his <laughs> coffee brewing? Because that would set yeah. me at ease because I'm still pretty terrified about what transpired that night. 
Yeah, you know, I, originally I couldn't go on the trip. Cameron asked me, but I, I last second something changed, and I just figured I'd pop in, you know, grind some beans, and then just leave real quickly. Home invasion <laughs> style. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Ginny Allen is a writer, speaker, and the founder of If Gathering, conferences that help women find community and live out their callings. She's also the author of the new book, Nothing to Prove, Why We Can Stop Trying So Hard. We recently spoke, that's the motto of this podcast. Um, Clearly. We recently <laughs> spoke with Jenny about the danger of misplacing our identities, trying to meet others' expectations, and why following a big, sometimes difficult calling uh, shouldn't be a burden. Uh. Here is Jenny Allen. Tell me a little bit about why you decided to write this book. Actually, it's just such, it's a, probably a lifelong journey, um, this, this one in particular. Um, I actually started off writing a different book and wrote most of that book. And it was called Mum. And towards the end of it, I called a friend who's a great writing coach. And she um, just set me down, or actually it was a he, set me down and said, okay, I think you're writing the wrong book. I think you've found that there's a um, symptom here and not you're not dealing with the problem. I realized that I was I was fighting a, an, a demon that I've had most of my life of trying to measure up and trying to uh, and, and feeling a lot of stress from that and anxiety from that. I think a lot of people wrestle with this and and sometimes we don't even notice that it's happening. So for me it took um, it took leading on a on a massive scale for me to realize this is this is getting to me. I can't carry this kind of pressure and live trying to please people and measure up and, and make it, you know, I just, I had to find a different way to do it. Why do you think so many people, cause I feel like this is, you know, something that is really prevalent and, and you know, that, that people will have sort of a similar revelation. Why do you think this is something that's so prevalent in our culture right now? Well, I do. I agree with you. It is very prevalent. Um, in fact, I think most of us are running on this treadmill that we don't even realize is happening. We, we don't even realize it's turned on. You know, it's just we're running every day. And I think we notice it most when we're still. But the problem is, even when we're still now, we have a phone hanging us or even just distracting us and causing us to check out rather than self diagnose or self-analyze what's happening. And so I think that's what numbing, why it had become such a danger to me was I, I never was giving myself real space, even when I was alone with God or alone, just alone, I was, I was performing and executing things that I needed to get done. So because my job is largely talking about God and teaching and writing, whenever I was alone with God, I was getting the next thing ready that I was going to deliver rather than actually just enjoying his presence. And, and so I think what's happened is we've, we've, everything has become a performance or something to achieve rather than something to enjoy. And I noticed it most when I was over in Europe this past Christmas with my family and we went to several different countries and we noticed themes in each one of these countries. First of all, they'd all been superpowers before um most you know different times in in their history um italy and and certainly great britain um and france had been superpowers somewhere in their history and and what you found was this relaxed environment where they actually built lives that they enjoy rather than lives where they achieved and so whether it's in italy they're the way that they would eat and enjoy a three-hour meal 
with multiple courses with all their family present. Or in England, they, they practice tea time. I mean, there is time in the day where they slow down in the middle of the day when it's supposed to be the busiest, most productive time of the day. Everybody kind of stops and checks out and they actually serve this in multiple restaurants. And it's almost an extra meal at time for them just to slow down. And so you just notice an ease to their life and an enjoyment of their life that in America we've lost. And, and it, you know, somebody actually pointed this out that, that they're like, these countries are like good older men that realize they've already achieved and accomplished everything and they don't have to keep performing and achieving. And, and I feel that way. I feel like as Americans and as young people today that we're all trying to prove ourselves and we're exhausted and we're actually not enjoying the best parts of life. When you started incorporating this new mindset and some of these practices into your own life, what changes did you notice? Oh, I mean, it truly has changed everything. Um, one of the most significant moments in this journey, I sat down, um, I was out at a retreat and and I was meeting with a counselor that just, I mean, it was just kind of a supernatural how we met and I thought he was a counselor. He wasn't actually, he was a writer, but, um, but I pour out my guts. I just, I tell him everything. I said, this is why I'm not happy. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what I don't understand, but I know this, that it feels like the ministry and the calling God's given me is kind of like a Barbie dream castle. And as far as my mind goes, you know, I think, oh, it has everything. I, everything I love. It has people and community. I love it has deep purpose. We're actually seeing lives change. It's using my gifts. Why do I want to every morning when I wake up, kick it in? But that was my overwhelming feeling. And mm. he said, Jenny, why don't you just kick it in? <laughs> so I thought, are you kidding me? Are you, this ministry is reaching the world. Like, you, you know, I can't kick it in. And it, but immediately I, my shoulders relaxed. I took a deep breath. And I said, what do you, what, what, what do you, how can I do this? And he said, because if it's from God, you just did him a favor. If it's from God, you um, you cannot kick it in. You cannot kill it. And if it's not from God, then you just did him a favor. Mm. And it was the most life-giving turning point for me because I had felt all this pressure to do it right, to take care of all the details, to not make a wrong decision, to keep a pure heart, to, to you know, not mess this up, this thing that God was doing. And so to think that, hey, this does not depend on you nearly as much as you think it does, was actually so freeing. And and I really believe at that point, I started to live completely different. So I'll give you an example. This was just a few weeks ago. Um, my team sits me down at IF Gathering. My board and my um, CFO said, hey, Jenny, you know, you've got a deficit of $200,000 that if you don't figure it out within a few months, um, we got to close the doors. <laughs> and that, I mean, people are crying, you know, they've prepped themselves for this very difficult meeting with me. And I literally started laughing out loud, but just started laughing. And I was like, okay, okay. And I didn't know how to solve it. There was no like divine revelation, but I, but I began to pray. I was like, God, you know how you're going to solve this. I'm here. I'm willing to do what you need me to do. But you, you know, I didn't feel this pressure like I have to fix this problem or we will go under. Instead, I had these open hands, almost with laughter going, how are you going to do this? You know, because <laughs> I have watched and part the Red Sea again and again and again. And I don't want to live in fear. I want to live in faith. I want to be someone that doesn't just preach about having faith. I want to be someone that lives having faith. 
So why would I not believe that he's going to take care of it? And I'm not kidding you. It took a few months of praying and, and, and definitely turned to tears at times. But in one day in my office, we found $200,000 hiding in places that, that, I mean, it was just, it was truly money from the sky. It felt like the biggest provision in the entire universe. I, I, and I know it doesn't always work out that way. Um, there are times that, that the diagnosis does not get changed, that the um, needs are not met in abundance in that moment. But I have seen this, that even in my friend who is suffering, um, coming back from a massive stroke in the middle of a divorce, I have seen her faith. Trust God that, that he will see her through this. And when you ask her, Sarah, have you had what you need every single day? She would say yes. But if you say, have you ever been afraid? Have you ever doubted? Has God brought everything at one time in, in miraculous ways? No, but every day that she's walked through this suffering, she's had what she needs. And I just think, give us this day our daily bread. I mean, he does it. He causes what we need to happen in the moment. Now, we wish it would happen earlier. We wish he, we would, he would give us, you know, explain it. He wouldn't take me through two to three months of of fretting and, and running around and trying to find that money, but but he will take care of our needs. And I think it's just, it shifted my understanding that he is a God of abundance. He is a God that works in ways that we can't understand. And, and we've just got to turn to him more and trust him and, and be willing to receive what he has for us rather than try to control it. That was Jenny Allen. Did you did you like that, Eddie? That's a challenging. <laughs> Up next, stay tuned. Feedback. The song is Don't Kill My Vibe. It's the other thing I say to the staff when we hand out paychecks. <laughs> Listen, do not kill my vibe with this. <laughs> Don't even check the, cash these. <laughs> yeah, that Shred would kill them. my vibe. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time for your feedback. Uh, so last week, we recorded the podcast in Montana. Yeah. And then literally, I drove to Billings, Montana, found open Wi-Fi, and uploaded yeah. it. And uh, then went and got a motorcycle. I, I was thinking that the chances you guys would hear a podcast last week was 
80-20 in favor of you guys not hearing it, but I'm glad you made it. Did you really, you really didn't think that we would uh, figure out? The I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts with it. And I mean, at one point we were talking about physically FedExing something out there, which in the part of Montana we are in, that's a Pony Express, a guy on horseback all the way to Orlando <laughs> with a tiny, you know, audio chip. So yeah, I thought, I thought it was, uh, you know, it could go either way. Well, that's how the Montana pirate uh, makes a living. He just wanders around, and if you need a package delivered, he, just ask him. Yeah, you can ask him. It's definitely not going to show up, but you can ask him and give him money. He's got a whole <laughs> he's got a whole trailer full of weird packages that he's accumulated over the years. But. <laughs> uh, well, last week's question of the week was, uh, what are your craziest nature encounters? Uh, Jesse had a crazy nature encounter with some wild horses. That's right. One of them, one of them that almost got into the truck with him, like the alien head. Uh, <laughs> it was the only safe place out in that field. I'm like, you psychos, get in the truck. What are you doing out here? These are, these are 700 pound wild animals. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that was our crazy uh, wildlife encounter. Uh, we wanted to know some of yours. Uh, you guys hit us up on the relevant podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You also tweeted us at relevant podcast. Here are a few of our favorites. Uh, Cameron Julio uh, had an experience. Actually, he was driving through Billings, Montana. And this is terrifying knowing your story that at one point uh, they saw a giant bird of prey flying over the head. They don't know if it was a hawk, a falcon, a bald eagle or what, but they saw it flying overhead. A few minutes later, it dive bombed into the hood of their car and then proceeded to tuck and roll over the whole car. Um, they they went out to see if there was any uh, damage. It went, that's when they heard the screech of a hawk, fountain, or eagle in the distance. Uh, they, they got back in the car and just gassed it. He hasn't been out to Montana since. I'm glad we read that before your motorcycle trip because, yeah. the, I mean, we can only assume that that bird was going down to eat that those two people in that truck. Well, here's the thing about the animals in Montana. They outnumber people. People ten to one. I mean, that's that's the truth. And so, so uh, if not more than that. So when we were riding around, like in the back, this two lane back road in the in the reservation area in the mountain and stuff, there's packs of wild horses and and cows just kind of free range, just roaming around. And they cross that road because they don't see vehicles very often. They cross that road like it's just part of the field, you know. And so you're riding along, you go around a corner, and there is often an animal just standing there. You gotta like, you know, it's their area. You're intruding, yeah. and so you gotta be, you gotta be careful. These birds, they're they're trying to, they don't want us there, is what I'm trying to say, and they're they're making their point well known. Well, one of so. the locals who was like our guide for a lot of stuff, people were asking him just like randomly, like about what animals had he'd been bitten by. And you asked him that. <laughs> I, you said. What animals have you been bitten by and what was the most recent one? Yeah, I may have asked him. I can't remember how. I think it came up organically no, in a conversation. Did. Either way, then someone asked him to compare it to a dog bite. No. Then someone asked him to compare to a dog bite and his response was this. Are you talking wild or domestic? And I'm like, you've been bitten by both wild and domesticated <laughs> dogs? I got to hear both those stories. The domesticated wasn't all that interesting, but he was attacked by a wild dog, which I'm pretty sure only happens in Montana. What yeah. what animals have bitten you is on Jesse's like business card. Yeah, because of that. Well, he has his own it. little customized table topics pack that he brings around with him when he travels for different oh, regions. Yeah. Table topics. That was it's back who in the hurt day. you, and then what bit you. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's actually what hurt him. You know, right. yeah. 
Ashley Shearer said, I'm a UNF graduate. On campus, it's well known that the Canadian geese are an issue. I mean, this is very well known. Uh, they poop everywhere, block traffic, and even hiss at and chase students in the spring when the babies are walking around with them. UNF even uh, recently enlisted a border collie to chase them away. Ashley shares that one day as she was driving to campus, she stopped at a red light. While stopped, a mother goose began leading her babies across the road in front of me. When she got to my car, the baby, the, the mother goose stopped, stared at Ashley, <laughs> made intense eye contact for 10 seconds until I motioned for her to keep walking. <laughs> then she turned and continued to walk across the road. These animals know no rules of the campus. Hey, listen, we are in their area. Yeah. And, and yeah. we are, I mean, we are the guests. Right. I mean, right. I respect it. You, the the classic question of what was their first UNF or Canadian geese yeah. will never be answered, <laughs> though it was clearly UNF because they're Canadian. But yeah, I understand. But Bethany has a story that I don't think will be top. She was studying abroad in Rwanda a few summers yeah. ago, and one of the big tourist attractions there were to go see these wild mountain gorillas. Uh, you know, these are giant animals. I've and literally done this. I've done this exact trek. It's on. There's this mountain that borders Uganda, the Congo, and Rwanda, and it's the last mountain where um, a few families of, of these beautiful gorillas still live. Um, you remember Gorillas in the Mist? Yeah. Uh, Diane Fossey? Oh, it, yeah. was, it was, this was her mountain. This was yeah. the mountain where she was killed. So, so she's about halfway through the trek and they, beforehand the, the, the tour guide said, look, these gorillas are really used to human presence, but they're still wild animals. So you just gotta be, watch yourself. So all of a sudden, you know, they're trying to keep a safe distance. All of a sudden, a pack of gorillas walks out right in front of their group. And the tour guide, like, very nervously tells them all to stand extremely still. Okay, so they're in a stare down with a pack of wild gorillas, all standing still. All of a sudden, one breaks away from the pack and starts walking right up to Bethany and ends up, like, looking at her and starts touching her on the leg. This is a wild gorilla. It could have ripped her leg wow. off. Dude, she she kept just... her composure, stayed still. The the gorillas eventually walked away. She's got a great story for life, but I mean, that's yeah. taking your life in your hands there. I, I have, I actually had a more terrifying encounter with those gorillas. Okay. I, so it was the last day of our trip. Uh, it was 2008 and we were, uh, they're like, oh, the last day we're going to be able to go see the gorillas. And I'm like, cool. So I'm wearing deck shoes. And, you know, not, I, I stayed up late that night. I got about two hours sleep because they had to leave really early in the morning to make it all the way out there. And so I'm exhausted. I didn't mm -hmm. get breakfast. I have no food in me. And we get to it and all of a sudden we're, oh, we're mountain climbing. Yes. And I have a backpack full of camera gear and I'm like, uh-oh, you know, and I'm wearing deck shoes. Yeah. And so we, we get up there and we break into three groups and they have spotters up on the mountain and they kind of radio, like if they see them kind of point the guides yeah. and you are fronted by a mili military guy on the front and back of your group with a machine gun because of all the snipers. Yeah. And because it's on the border of Uganda and the Congo and the snipers will come over and they'll kill the parent gorillas to take the babies for the black market. Oh, man. And so you have like, you're, this is a big deal. And so you're, so we're going and a couple of the groups may see them right there in the clear. You know, they just wander over there and there's gorillas. Our group was like way up in the mountain. We actually ended up climbing 4,000 feet in a rainforest. So it's slick mud. I'm in deck shoes. I'm exhausted. I'm fat. I'm out of shape. It was awful. I couldn't, I was, there were 65 year olds in our group that were like, bah, 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 just going along. I couldn't keep up. Cameron's like, I mean, just leave me behind. I'm starting a new life here. It was leave awful. It was, I'm going to become one of them. It was awful. So finally, 
literally after about four hours, we come across a clearing and we we found the gorillas and they were all sleeping. And it was a, it was a clearing that was about probably 20 feet, 25 feet in circle. Yeah. But maybe not quite that big, maybe 20 feet in circle. And it's brush all around and trees all around. And there's, there's the silverback. Uh, he uh, sleeping. Yeah. Uh, two of the wives were sleeping. Uh, a couple of the kids were sleeping. Um, and we didn't know how big. We think there was maybe another mom or two out, probably maybe looking for food or something. But like the, most of them were sleeping. And so we're standing there and I'm going to go, I'm like, I have all my camera gear and a monopod. So I'm going to, so I go off to the left by about 15 feet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of like a, like a clock dial. I go from, you know, three o'clock over to seven o'clock. The group's at three o'clock. Mm. And the, I'm being quiet, but I'm setting up my camera because I want to take a picture of this. This is crazy. And, uh, and, and the silverback wakes up and he sees me and he stands up on his, high, on his two feet and does the King Kong thing where oh he my. pounds his chest. Oh, and gosh. he, in my peripheral vision to my right, I see the guides shove the, our, our group into the brush. Like, <laughs> just leave let him. him go. <laughs> just let him go. Right. And, uh, and, and they're screaming at me, don't move. The gorilla charges at me, right. full screed, like, and like jumps right up to me, gets in my face, stands up, oh. bows his chest yeah. to prove like I'm the man. Right. Loses right. interest after yeah. about 30 seconds of my life being, you know, I'm terrified, and then goes back and lays back down. What happened though is he woke the kids up. So these toddler gorillas, which are probably 200 pounds a piece, oh, cute. all of a sudden are awake and they want to play right. and they start chasing each other around a tree, doing a figure eight around a tree and around me. So Love these it. two baby gorillas are just like playing figure eight, running and bumping into me and stuff. Again, the crowd is like our group is in the brush mm-hmm. and I'm staying there terrified. Well, all of a sudden the mom that was out looking for food, like here's all the commotion and comes running, charging through the forest, yeah. plows over the group and knocks three of them to the ground. One of them broke their ribs oh. to come back and see what the commotion was. And like, what? I have all this footage and then everything's fine. Everything goes back to normal. The gorillas are hanging out. We were with them for probably 20 minutes. I'm literally taking selfies like in the, in the pack of gorillas. It was the craziest thing. Oh. And it took the motorcycle trip to remind you that life is short. <laughs> <laughs> like, cool. The most dangerous animal in nature. Yeah. Literally playing around you, just trying to kill you. Well, it was vegetarian. They're vegetarians. Yeah. They, they just, he oh, was yes. just he was yes. just trying to show like yes. he's the mighty. <laughs> they, they, I mean, listen. Here's a, here, there's a big misconception about gorillas. They don't eat people. They maim them horribly and just you know <laughs> rip appendages clean off. But I mean, you know, they're not going to eat you. I mean, savages. I'm telling you though, when when 800 pound silverback stands up and does the King Kong beat his chest mm-hmm. at you. I mean, it is one of the most yeah. terrifying things you're going to encounter. Wait, so you have footage of this? You were filming? And I you... didn't. I did not have the camera on. I was, oh. and, and, and when they were screaming like "Don't move," I didn't bother to hit turn it on. I have footage of the 18 minutes afterwards where everything's cool and we're yeah. like hanging out and chilling with the gorillas. Yes, but not of that happening. Yeah, gotcha. But yeah, it was. Man. It was terrifying. Oh, uh, you know, one of the things before we get to this week's question of the week, I, I skipped it at the beginning of our feedback segment. We always do our corrections and apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe, Eddie, you told me pre-show you have one. This I have week. a real correction. Yeah, I, not an apology because I have a pretty strict policy on yeah. the show. I will never yeah. apologize. <laughs> but so uh, they DM me, so I'll keep it private. But I wanted to make sure I cleared it up. Uh, 
this person has a, a 10 year old daughter with type one diabetes. And I heard you guys rip on quote, the slow, uh, the slow creep of type one diabetes. Apparently Jesse and I got on a little bit of a diabetes riff uh, a couple weeks ago. Seems like something we'd say just to clarify type one is not that type two is a slowing of the pancreas and an unhealthy lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera. So for future jokes, type one, very difficult. Type it's, two, self-imposed. It's I, fair I, game. I, I believe so. So I believe for future jokes. I'm just going to err on the side of caution and not do any more yeah, diabetes jokes. Maybe we'll jokes. just lay off the diabetes no jokes. No more blood Anyhow, disease jokes. Really? You know what? No, I am. I'm sorry I said that. We, I could have done a better job. So <laughs> I could have done some diabetes research before my completely stupid joke that no one cared about. Yep. Sorry. So there's that. My correction. There you go. All right. Uh, no more blood jokes. Okay. It's time for this week's <laughs> Noted. editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the show, we got talking about um, misspellings and then spelling bees and then sports competitions. This is not about sports competitions or athletic competitions. Though, if you debate my premise, please, please let us know because it's flawless. Just try that. <laughs> I'm uh, sure we what, will hear about What it got us thinking about is misspelled words, commonly misspelled words. We've all had to rely on autocorrect from time to time, and we've all been stung by autocorrect from time to time. Uh, so we want to know from you uh, your most embarrassing autocorrect slash typo stories. Uh, maybe uh, you... You were trying to type yeah. an email to your boss, Mr. Lever, and, <laughs> and, it, and you called him Lover. I don't know. Like, we just want to know your most embarrassing uh, typo or autocorrect stories. You can hit it, send us your stories. You can uh, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer stories at the comment section on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. I emailed someone not too long ago who I respect a lot and spelled my own last name wrong. No, you because I don't like I like I know how to spell it, but I just kind of like fat thumbed my way through a quick email reply, and I was like, "What in the world?" And it was just like one D. I was like, "I just spelled my name wrong, I'm an <laughs> idiot." So it's not like a typo, but it's just constantly embarrassing. Yeah, um, there you go. Ed Koffel, old Ed. Many thanks to this week's sponsors for making this episode possible. Remember, you can start your free trial today at Squarespace.com and enter offer code Relevant to get 10% off your first purchase if you're going to make a website. Uh, if you're going to make a website, great deal. Either hire a team of incredibly talented designers or, or Squarespace. You, or Squarespace. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and also Blue Apron. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash relevant. Uh, thanks also to our guests for joining us. Local Native's new album, Sunlit Youth, is out now. It is uh, one of the best albums of the year. We love it. Um, Go check it out. Uh, also, to Jenny Allen, her new book, Nothing to Prove, is out now as well. I like her. Hey, uh, Relevant Podcast Network shows continue to launch. Uh, Shauna Nequist's show is on its fourth episode, Prop. Uh, that show is good. Yes, yeah. it is. So is Prop Show. Prop Show is like making me step back and think about a lot of me, things. Me and Cha- Prop, uh, Chandler, Shauna's latest show uh, sparked a conversation with you and your parents this week, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was with them on Memorial Day, and this week's it's about the Enneagram, or the guy is an yeah. author who writes about the Enneagram. Yeah. So we talked about that quite a bit. Neat. Because they're yeah. really, really into that. We're having a Look lot of conversations Bridging, on our house. Building bridges right there. The Red, the Red Couch podcast with Propaganda and Alma oh. is on its third episode. Yeah, love great. it. Love it. Uh, uh, the the <laughs> new Eddie, activist. You were about to say Eddie's podcast, yeah, right? The new <laughs> activist uh, podcast hosted by our very own Eddie Koffold yes, yes. um, uh, of IJM uh, fame is is uh, on its That's second episode. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's exciting. And so fun. And, and we have a few more in the pipeline, y'all. Uh, so throughout even... the summer and fall, there's oh. going to be more shows. I know out. about one of them. I'm really stoked. Do you really? Uh, I believe so. Like oh. the, 
I don't. I can't. There's there's a there's a. I'm pretty bad with hints, so I'm not going to give a hint of what I think I know. Uh, Keep checking uh, RobinMagazine.com/slash/podcast for for all the shows and and to connect. But uh, when you subscribe to all these shows on iTunes, especially, leave a review, um, and it really helps the show's visibility. Yeah. And even for our show, we've been doing 11 years, and oh yeah, you know, it's like. Do you know you have like a thousand reviews for this show? I've never seen. Isn't that funny? It's crazy. I know. I'm like, I have 64 on the new activist, and I'm like, well, this really warms my heart. 64. You have a thousand. But it's like, the funny thing is when you read them, like, uh, it's like 11 years ago they started. Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny to see the the feedback throughout the years. You know, like, uh, people like it. You know, and we love that. Uh, Leave leave a review if you like the show. If you don't like the show, keep it to yourself. Hey, and when you're online, uh, check out uh, the new issue of relevant at relevantmagazine.com and you can subscribe now uh, there is a good deal going on for the redesigned relevant you can subscribe today well on that note we'll wrap things up I'm Cameron Strang I'm Eddie Koffelt Chandler Strang I'm Jesse Carey I'm Andy Barron thanks Andy for joining us dude yeah, man. Thank thanks for having me alright we'll see you next week Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. But it's worth making. I grabbed it by the horns, wrestled it, disemboweled it, and slept in it for a week. That's how I feel about life right now.